0: Hi. The Common Man and T-Bone podcast is brought to you by Care Heating and Cooling. Cold or sweaty is no way to go through life? Call my guys at Care Heating and Cooling for all your heating and cooling needs. Call 1-800-COOLING when you need a company you can trust. And stay tuned after the podcast for special bonus content from past shows. It's Greenland. Like being Amish, but with more ice. Bye.
1: It's time to take a dip in the pool of stupid. Yeah?
0: This is Common Man and T Bone. Did you lose your soap? My mother's soap? Yeah, mother's soap. Is it gone? Nope, it's still there. All right. Still cracking. Maybe a little bit of a turd nugget Uh, on there. Oh, God, why did it? Why? Why? I got sucked in.
2: I just was looking at the mother soap thing, and I didn't think about the rest of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Terrible decision on my part. I apologize to everyone. Featuring Panama Ted.
1: Too sure. Leanna Ray on traffic.
3: You know I hate you guys, right?
1: And all the weird sounds the internet has ever made. Just want <clears throat>
4: to
0: remind everybody that this Columbus Day. is the only one I've ever met that can handle my junk. Stuff flaps all over the
1: place. Does
5: that make any sense to you?
1: This is Common, Common Man, Man and T-Bone.
5: <laughs>
2: Welcome in. Happy Friday to you. No common man today, but that's all right. We got Chops filling in. What's up, Chopper? How are you? Not in a good mood, T Bone. Uh wonder why. Oh, <laughs> that's right, because uh Iowa is playing Nebraska right now, your guys, and uh they are not ahead. Last I checked, yes. It's that, still
4: 13-13. The third quarter just started. Nebraska's driving down the field. Mm, they're inside the 20 well, already.
2: you're not keeping up with what I'm seeing because you're not going to be very happy. Because uh, I'm streaming
4: it, so I'm behind. So Nebraska's about to score a touchdown. That's just yeah. great.
2: Did you now see they're going to the, they're going to review this. It was a, a breaking across the line. Ball comes out. Knee might be down. whole bunch of stuff. But as of right now, caught a touchdown on the field. Nebraska did you 19 see the to other review Iowa. Near the end uh, of the... First no, half. I missed it. I missed it, Chops. What was it? I didn't see it. It was a
4: third. It. it was a third and twenty-three. So you're okay. Just take care of business. You should get him out of there. Maybe they'll get into field goal range, but they shouldn't get the first down. Instead, they they they're afraid of. It was Martinez, and they keep going back and forth with their quarterbacks. But it was Martinez, and it looks like they're afraid of his running ability, which is granted. So they're not like fully rushing him. They're kind of playing like a contain with the four man rush. So he has all the time in the world. He throws it. He gets a guy on the sideline who has to fully extend maybe, maybe his toe was down. I don't think it was, but whatever. And he gets pushed out of bounds and they go to review it. And you really can't tell. They show this one where they're like, maybe you can see it here. And it's just completely blurry from the motion blur of like moving the camera. So there's no way to tell there. The other angle, you just can't say for sure that his toe touched. So I would have, I would have been fine with sticking with the call on the field. Instead, they come out and say it's confirmed. And I don't know what the ref's looking at. I think I've gotten all my profanity out of my system, though, so we should be good.
2: (laughs) Yes, for those of you not familiar with Chops, so Chops is an Ohio State fan, except his family, your dad is from Iowa, is that right, or both mom and dad? My either. dad
4: is from Iowa. My mom is from Illinois, but they both went to the university. Ah,
2: of that's Iowa. right. Okay, so you have a big. You are a big Iowa football fan too. So Iowa yes. is playing Nebraska right now. It's early in the third quarter, and uh, yeah, Nebraska can't tell if this touchdown is going to stand or not. But either way, it's a snug game. It's a rivalry game. You guys hate each other, so yeah, it looks like they're going to keep that touchdown on the board. So uh, pending the extra point here, nineteen to thirteen. Uh, Nebraska leading so here's what's going to happen today okay we've got plenty (laughs) to talk about with the Buckeyes We've plenty of NFL stuff to talk about all that there's there's lots of news going on we'll have Saturday showcase coming up the bottom of the hour but throughout the show today like chops is probably going to lose his mind in good and bad ways as this game continues because I was playing so I figured let's just not shy away from that right if you see something you don't like just blurt it out just we'll we'll get yeah let's just go (laughs) we'll do Or something game, you're really excited about. That's fine. This game tends
4: to come down to the wire, too. I think the last two were single-possession games, and last year, Ohio, or Iowa won on a last-second field goal. So yeah. well, it's always a go. close one, Iowa-Nebraska.
2: But Iowa has won five straight. All right. We'll see. There you go. That's that's uh, good for your guys. But, yeah, we'll keep posted on that. Obviously, there's lots going on with Ohio State tomorrow. Noon kick right here on the fan. Ohio State taking on Illinois at Illinois, so it's windy in Illinois. Is always the thing we have to bring up every time you go to play Illinois. Usually, I mean, this is so weird for me because usually when we're back after Thanksgiving to do the radio show, it's because there's a OSU Michigan game to talk about. Yeah, and that's obviously not the case right now. And that drama or that that issue is is weird in and of itself. But now there's this additional drama surrounding this game which is there are apparently positive tests within Ohio State. We don't know how many. The reports yesterday or on Wednesday night, I think, maybe Thursday, were that it's single-digit uh positive tests. But obviously, just because you had one round of positive tests come back doesn't mean that the next round you won't find additional people who were exposed to it, didn't show a positive right away, and then test positive. We don't know how many people have it for the Buckeyes. We don't know... Uh, how many of them will not be able to play tomorrow. And we're not going to find that out unless something changes from Ohio State uh until two hours before kickoff, which yeah. I'm not a fan of that decision at all. I don't think that's right. Like I think that you should be letting people know out ahead of time who's out for a game. Just like you would with uh you know sprained ankle or anything else. Like if a player well, it- is a- like if, if a player has a broken ankle and cannot play tomorrow, it's not right to just not keep that information in the public eye. You have people who follow your team. They root for your team. They care about your team. We would like to know that stuff. But I like, like that's I'm saying this is not something that's likely to change by tomorrow. Like you're if you have a covid test that's positive and it's confirmed, then you're out for tomorrow. So they should be announcing that, but they won't until two hours before the game. So we'll all find out together exactly what's going on there.
4: Yeah. And then it'll just say out. So we won't know whether or not players are out for contact tracing or for a full on positive. We might have to wait another week to see if those guys are out still and they're in that 21 day protocol that the Big Ten has set up. At least they're doing it two hours before kickoff. Uh, James told the stories. He's he's mentioned this a few times this year. He did uh, a game for Illinois on Big Ten network and he basically got it like while they were in the booth getting ready to like, you know, minutes before the game and just like, oh, by the way, Illinois doesn't have these like 18 players or whatever it was, which was like their starting quarterback. And so I guess at least Ohio State's going to get it out two hours before kickoff, but it's still just something that like we have no idea who it's going to be. There's some idea, I guess, based on the pictures they showed from practice yesterday. It did look like fields practice, so that's the good news as far as what you can read into from the pictures that they choose to put out on their social media. But, yeah, I have no idea how many people it's going to be, whether or not it's a a lot of staff or a lot of players, a position group. We just really don't know.
2: Yeah, and like I said, we don't know, too, if there won't be more tests because if it is going through the program, and even though players have isolated and all that stuff, it may have been too late, right? Players may have already been exposed to it, and the test just will catch up to that in a couple of days. So, mm-hmm. hopefully, that's not the case. But we all are aware that that is a possibility. Uh, this is the reality of this football season, as we have talked about often. It is, it was always going to be tough to try to play a football season during a pandemic. Uh, this, this type of you know, virus seems to be something that spreads pretty easily. I thought it was really weird when people after like one week of college football were like, see, there you go. It worked. Everybody can shut up now. It's like, well, it's worked for a week. If everybody you know, hangs up and, and does their what they're supposed to do for that entire week, but you need multiple weeks across multiple places on on God's green earth, all these different campuses where everyone has to do it right every single time. And if someone screws it up, it could affect multiple games down the road. So yeah, you know, it's really is slowed down as the
4: people who have been like, oh, 300 out of 315 scheduled games have been played that were, you know, that a few weeks ago we were still seeing. Yeah, I haven't, and they'd be like, this, haven't and heard those n- tweets
2: n- 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 in a while. Yeah,
4: because three weeks in a row we've had in the teens amount of games canceled. So it oh. doesn't really work to say that anymore.
2: No, look, I, and that's the thing. The, I don't think this game is not going to get canceled as far as we know. Everything still sounds like it's on. Ohio State spokespersons were. People were saying that's the case. Like the game is still planning to be played, still but, planning to
4: travel today.
2: Yeah, yeah. Nothing, nothing changes in that regard. But who is available tomorrow is a big question. And the good news is, for you know, first of all, we hope everybody's okay. Obviously, you don't want anybody to get this. And it's not just the players, right? There's support staff, there's coaches. Some of them may have people in, at home that you know, have issues that that would be bad if they got COVID. So just when you think about, like, ripped 20-year-old athlete playing football, it's not just that person. There are other people to consider, too. That all said, it does appear like Justin Fields is one of the players who so far has not tested positive, at least as of yesterday. They held a practice yesterday, and he was available and working out in that practice. So that would mean so far, I would assume they weren't putting him out there if they thought there was any question that he had it. So that could obviously change, but as of right mm. now, that's what we know is that it feel, It appears Justin Fields will be good to go for tomorrow unless things change from yesterday, which we know they can't.
4: And based on the Big Ten's 21-day protocol of players having to sit out if they test positive, any player who tests positive for Ohio State is effectively out for the rest of the regular season. The good news is, especially if it's not Justin Fields, I don't think they'll struggle. It's Illinois, Michigan State, and Michigan. I think Ohio State will be fine, especially with Fields. Even without them, it's hard to tell because we haven't seen much action from these backup quarterbacks yet. But I think the team would still be in pretty good shape. There's a, we, as we all know, there's a ton of talent waiting in the in the wings for Ohio State. So that's part of the good news if you're looking for glass half full from a crappy situation. But it's still just something that we're going to have to roll with, and we saw it last week a game where the team traveled and Clemson had to cancel a game. So I, until they kick off, I'm just not going to feel good about this
2: at all. Right. I, I that's, that's where I think everyone just – this is the perspective that I have on it. This is the perspective that I think a lot of people have had to keep in mind and around the program too and, and around college football. You have to have this in mind is nothing is guaranteed this year. We're lucky to get any of these games in. Uh, you can argue whether or not maybe some of these tests that we're giving all the athletes in the NFL and college football and elsewhere couldn't be better used, you know, to to help with for you know people who are actively fighting this every day at hospitals. But that's another discussion for another time. This is what we've signed up to do. This is what's happening. So as long as it's happening, let's hope everybody's staying safe, and let's hope that they don't make any rash decisions. I saw that. Uh, and I don't think they will, by the way, but I saw this with Gonzaga, Mark Few, their head coach. So yesterday they played Kansas. It was, you know, Gonzaga's the number one team in the country to start off mm-hmm. the season, for what it's worth. They're playing number six, Kansas. Huge matchup, right, early in the season. College basketball looking for moments like that. They're playing in this preseason tournament. They had players that it appears after the game, one of the players tested positive for COVID, Uh, this morning another player tested positive so they have two guys tested positive that are out for their game they played today and there's video of Mark Few like wearing his mask and coughing on the sidelines (laughs) and I just think like what (laughs) that's not a great look right to to go have players playing in tournaments and coaches out there where he's uh, coughing doesn't mean you have COVID right but when you have players having a positive test, they actually had a video of all the players celebrating, and they took that video down, Gonzaga. On a, did, because-
4: on a basketball team, I have a hard time believing that two players can be positive, and you can't at the least Find you know if you're doing it earnestly, find contact tracing as a reason to just cancel a game. Right? That seems absolutely crazy. Which just you know it's only twelve guys or so, and he, and it's, you got your head yeah.
2: coach coughing through his mask. These like my point is let's let's try to make sure we're doing the right thing here and not taking unnecessary risks. So I don't mm-hmm. think Ohio State's doing that. I don't think Illinois is doing that. Illinois has been through this, right? I mean, yeah. ha- How many players did they miss? Like, what did you say it was eighteen or nineteen? Something that James like was talking that. about. It, it was
4: like because it was like three weeks they were dealing with it, and that's why. Partly why you know they're not that talented of a team, but I mean they just didn't have a quarterback. for Yeah, like Brandon two or Peters three weeks. didn't
2: play. I mean he's yeah. their transfer from Michigan. He's he's a good player. He's been part of the reason they've been good. And by the way, two of the games they lost happened in that stretch where they didn't have him. They didn't have their starting center Doug Kramer. Uh, their kicker was out, which kind of what you eight,
4: saw with Illinois is what it would have looked like had Wisconsin played through their yeah, problems right. I think
2: yeah, yeah I think you're right and, and that's like you can laugh about a kicker being an integral part on a on a football team but when it comes to certainly a bad team that every game if they're going to be in it yeah. it's going to be close. you're did you, did have you have see, a couple uh, games perhaps so you could win if you have your starting kicker but either way they lost to Purdue in Minnesota while they didn't have these players and then what do you know most of them were back for Rutgers and for Nebraska and they look pretty good all of a sudden and they're they're back to playing better than than we would have expected.
4: Speaking of kickers, real quick, did you see Vanderbilt? They are, yeah, r- running out of specialists, and they actually went to the women's soccer team, and have that, they're going to have her dress for this Saturday's game. She'll be the first woman to play a uh, football game for Vanderbilt. So that's, I believe, that's kind of a cool story in all this. It, it stinks why they it got to that, but it's a cool story.
2: Yeah, Sarah Fuller is her name, and she is. I th- I believe they're saying, and I, I'm. This seems wrong because I feel like this has happened previous. Oh, yeah, it, it, it has. Okay, she'll be the first woman to suit up for a Power 5 conference program since Katie Nida at Colorado back in 1999. So this did happen previously, but mm-hmm. it is super rare. But no, very, very cool story there uh, for a women's soccer program and, and for uh, Sarah Fuller there at Vanderbilt. So we'll see how she does tomorrow. But yeah, man, this is a weird season for college football. <laughs> It's been weird Like I'll be tuning Illinois. into the
4: Vanderbilt game. I don't know if it's enough to get me to tune into <laughs> Vanderbilt, but it's still a good cool I
2: might story. if I see that that's <laughs> happening. I would tune over, sure. Uh, so we will continue to talk about this. There's lots of issues there. We'll also update you on the latest with the Ravens and Steelers. There's more news on that. That's all coming up next. It is Common Man and T-Bone right here
5: on The Fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center.
3: Good afternoon. Some road construction to watch out for. You'll find the roadway reduced to one lane on I-70 westbound at the 71 East Split. Watch out for traffic, especially where it begins to merge. This traffic report is sponsored by EverStream, the business-only fiber network. At EverStream, the business-only fiber network, they believe business deserves better. EverStream's full-service approach to business connectivity delivers the speed and reliability that businesses demand. EverStream, faster fiber, better business. Only Leanna Array with Fan traffic. Fan.
1: Highly medicated, barely educated, this is Common Man and T-Bone.
2: Welcome in, Football Friday, no Common Man today. Chops is in for man, lots going on. I was going to say in the world of football, the world of college football, but really it's all about Iowa right now in the world of sports. You got Iowa State. Feeling much
4: better coming into this segment (laughs) than the first one.
2: Yeah, Chops is on a roller coaster. He's a big Iowa football fan. (laughs) Iowa just tied it up against Nebraska. Their game is still in the third quarter, so we'll keep you posted there. But on the Iowa State front, it's not El Asico. They're not playing each other today, but you still get Iowa State playing Texas. And Tom Herman trying to save his job. He may have cost himself. So in the last possession Texas had, they had a chance to... Try to just kick field goal and take what would have been a six point lead. They were up 20 to 16. Instead, he elected to go for it on a fourth and one. Iowa State stopped him, uh, stopped rather Texas, got the ball back, went down the field, scored a touchdown. So they now lead with a minute and a minute and 10 to go, uh, (laughs) 23 to 20. And that could be, if they lose this game, that could be it for Tom Herman. He's not getting bad decisions. That's not good.
4: I saw a good tweet today that was like, bold of Mike McCarthy to try to coach every team in Texas this week. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a pretty much. good one. I don't know who, yeah. I can't remember who tweeted it, but that, I thought that one was pretty good. And it just keeps being true.
2: Yeah, it gets funny right. as the game goes on. Yeah, it really is. So, we'll keep, we'll keep an eye on both of these right here. But uh, there's also some news, and I, I hesitate to even bring it up. Because of the source, right? But, Chops, there is a tweet floating around in the Twitter sphere today. We were just talking about Buckeyes dealing with coronavirus. That much we know. To what extent, we don't know. So, naturally, when the program is not saying anything about who has what, speculation is going to run rampant. So, if you want to blame anybody for what we're about to tell you, blame Ohio State for not telling us what's going on. But here's the latest speculation that's out there, Chops. Uh, and, again, consider the source.
4: Uh, from Colin Cowherd, he tweeted this while we were in the break there. I'm told a major college football coach, Big Ten, just tested positive for COVID. Quite a day. Mm. I, I, The thing is, a lot of people are jumping to Jim Harbaugh because of the problems that his brother is having with his football team, and then they're like, oh, maybe they got together on Thanksgiving. I don't think that's the case. And then for us locally, it makes you think, oh, is it, is it Ryan Day? Is it Jumpy? I don't know. It's just like. It's all speculation and it's just Colin Coward throwing out a tweet with really no information in it, just saying something that he heard from somebody without, without any of the actual information, just saying a Big Ten coach I've heard has tested positive. Yeah.
2: Well, and again, usually I wouldn't even bring it up because I know that's his deal and that's what he does. So it, maybe that's what he's doing here and then nothing ever comes in. Or he's like, well, what, Jeff Braun, major, major, co- major coach, big time <laughs> yeah. coach. Like, okay, I don't know. They're playing Rutgers this weekend. I doubt, I, I doubt that's what he's talking about, but. If that is true, it's, of course, going to make you wonder which coach it is. You're right. James Franklin, I would think, is considered a major college football coach. So their game that they have, which we'll talk about more in a little bit, but Michigan-Penn State, battle of two terrible teams, but that game could be either of those coaches there, of course, makes you think about Ryan Day, too. So uh, we'll have to keep posted on all of that. And uh, as we see more, we will let you know. Uh, The big news from the NFL, and we've been following this since the early part of the week, is that the Ravens have had issues. Uh Their game with the Steelers was supposed to happen last night. That didn't get played. They postponed it to Sunday, and we thought, okay, maybe they'll be able to get it in by Sunday. Then the news came out. Lamar Jackson tested positive for coronavirus, and there's more players that have tested positive. So now they're moving the game back again. They're moving it to Tuesday night. So, I presume it will still be on NBC because it was supposed to be on NBC Thursday night and it was supposed to be on NBC on Sunday. So I assume they will still get that game on Tuesday night. I have no idea what's on NBC at that point, but that's if this game gets played, which chops, what do you think? Do you think this game gets played or do you think they're going to have to finally admit there's going to have to be a week 18 in the NFL?
4: I think they're going to play it. The only thing holding it back is when will the Ravens actually open up their facility again. They're not back in there until Monday. I don't know if they're going to really make them turn around and play a Tuesday game. And then, obviously, if they do play Tuesday, then that's going to push the Ravens' Thursday scheduled game against the Cowboys forward later into the week, either to Sunday or Monday night or whatever it has to be. It just seems like the NFL is holding off until the last possible second, a week 16 or 17 game, to finally you know, go forward with week 18, which has been rumored pretty much all season. But I think they want to get to a point where they they know they're not going to cancel any more games. They're only going to put games at week 18. If you do this in week 12, well, there's still what four or five games left for every team that you're going to have to deal with other games. So if the Steelers and Ravens gets put, what I mean is if they get put to week 18, then they have no more room for error. And then you're guaranteed a canceled game if they run into another issue. And I don't think they want to cancel any game. So I think they're going to try to get this one in at all costs.
2: Yeah, I I think you're right on that. And, I, will I mean, say they were still that, trying think, to
4: get it done on Thursday but on <laughs> Tuesday when all this was still eating up.
2: Yeah, I I I will say this. I think everybody but the Steelers fans lose in this deal. Like I I don't think it's a good idea to play this game from the standpoint that what what do we want to see as NFL fans, right? Don't you want to see the best matchup you can? And I know the Ravens coming into this game looked like they might lose by two touchdowns. I mean, they have not been playing well. They have had a lot of issues that are not related to COVID, but obviously having that all on top of it is not a good sign. I, I I mean, what are you just trying to get these games in so you can check them off, or do you actually want to see the best competition we can get? I know that in a COVID pandemic situation, we can't always have what we want, but I, for the NFL, I think it would be better to play this game in Week 18 because you got a better chance that you're actually going to see competition that's going to matter. Now, maybe on the other side of that, For the Steelers, it won't matter much at all by that point. They'll they be locked into the playoffs and may even have the number one seed sewn up by that point. So maybe they won't give you the same type of competition, and that would really suck. As a Browns fan, let me just say I enjoy the fact that everybody is freaking out. I don't enjoy the fact, and I would never wish anyone to have coronavirus. That obviously sucks. But from the standpoint that Ravens fans are frustrated, Steelers fans are frustrated for different reasons – uh, yeah. I mean, I I do know that. Sadly, this is probably something that benefits the Browns right now because the Ravens and Browns are going to be locked into a battle for that final playoff spot. So, yeah, it's a it's it, a rough it deal. It sucks. Go ahead, I Josh. was just
4: going to say, kind of agreeing with you. It's certainly a gamble on whether or not the Week 18 game would be a good game. I think we can. Pretty safely say that this wouldn't be a good game this week if it's played on Tuesday or whatever it ends up being. But a Week 18 one, it's kind of up in the air depending on how the Steelers finish out the year where the Ravens are in the playoff push. That game could mean something for both teams going for a win for different you know, different goals at that point most likely, but still something where maybe the Steelers need to push themselves ahead of the Chiefs or something like that. Or the Ravens, if they get a win, they're the second wild card. Something like that, but we'll see.
2: Yeah, absolutely right. We'll uh, take a break when we come back. We'll do the Saturday Showcase with also a look into what's going on on Friday. There's a lot of good football today as we're speaking, so we'll talk about all that next. It's Man and Bone right here on The
5: Fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heath Services Traffic Center.
3: Good afternoon. Watch out for an accident on Frank Road at Hardy Parkway. This is an injury crash causing slowdowns in this area. Please be extra cautious over here as they work to get the roadway clear and plan on traffic beginning to back up. This traffic report is sponsored by Fresh Time Market. It's no surprise that healthy living begins with what we eat. Stop by Fresh Time Market for heart-healthy Haas avocados, two for a dollar, now through December 1st. You can trust Fresh Time to bring you real food at real affordable prices. I'm Leanna Ray with Van Traffic.
1: Filthy mouths, bad attitudes, and ugly haircuts.
3: It's called cabbage.
1: This is
3: Common Man and
2: T-Bone. Saturday Showcase coming up in mere moments here on Football Friday. Chops is in for Common Man today. Oh, quite the finish there. Iowa State and Texas down to the wire. Uh, Tom Herman in a desperation attempt with two seconds left on the clock. Fourth down uh, after Sam Ellinger took a bad sack in this game. He decides to put it all on the foot of Dicker the Kicker.
1: Dicker the Kicker!
2: And unfortunately, I, Teddy and I were arguing, not arguing, we were debating this in the uh, commercial break because Ted was saying, yeah, go for it. It's 57 yards is what he lined up for his kicker. Tom Herman said, all right, go out there and knock it through. And I'm saying, I wouldn't put 57 yards is a lot. I don't know that I'd put that on even Dicker the Kicker. And then Ted's argument was, yeah, but he's probably going to get a look in the NFL, and he NFL kickers often make these types of field goals. This is not out of the question. And I'm saying I'd rather want to run a trick play with my offense, just go for the win, you know, because I think you got a, about as good a shot as that as hitting that field goal.
4: Well, I mean, and even a the 57 yarder that means they were at like the 40. That's an easy Hail Mary throw, right? Yeah,
2: I mean, you could have done anything like that, but instead they opted to kick it. And I get it either way. If he does one, he'd be yelled at for not doing the other. But, uh, plenty of leg, plenty of leg on the kick, but hooked it left, just missed the uh, left upright going inside and said it just peaked outside. So Texas loses. Tom Herman five and three, not getting recruits, making some bad decisions in this game chops. That, that seems like, I mean, that's, that's as ripe as it gets for someone to get fired in college football, right? especially when it's
4: Texas. I don't think they're worried about a buyout or anything like that there. If they – because – you know, at schools like that, it seems like it's a collective decision amongst the administration, the athletic department and the boosters. And if they want him gone, they have more than enough firepower to get rid of him and they have more than enough reason at this point. I think he's gone. It's it, the writing's been on the wall. Once the recruits, once you have nothing to look forward to as well, you're losing these recruits. Then what are you, you know, what are you pointing to that like this is going to be the future of the program? It's just falling apart for him.
2: Yeah, it really is. So uh, we will keep an eye on his situation, clearly, because there's, I, I think, a lot more going to come down in the next few weeks in that regard. But uh, for now, let's go to the Saturday Showcase, Ted.
1: Common Man and T-Bone present Saturday Showcase.
5: Sponsored by Roosters. Safely open for dine-in or carry-out. Roosters, a fun casual joint. Well, certainly
2: one of the biggest games of the weekend is Auburn, number 22 Auburn, 5-2, and two. Heading to take on number one, Alabama. That one in Tuscaloosa, 330 on CBS. Bama is a 25-point favorite. The game itself probably won't be that close, but I guess a bit of the drama. Number one, it's the Iron Bowl, so you never know. But also, Crazy things
4: in that game all the time, yeah. Yes,
2: Uh, but also, you've got Nick Saban uh, testing positive for COVID and had symptoms. So they said this is not a false negative. They're a false positive. This is definitely... He's got it, and he is going to miss this game. So... Thoughts on uh, the drama there in Alabama? I mean, I assume Nick Saban, if anybody would be well protected and in the bubble, you'd think it'd be Nick Saban, and yet he's still still got uh, COVID, so that's not good. We hope he's okay.
4: Yeah, so I haven't seen a ton of Auburn this year, but look in the last the only game they've played of a team that's like near Alabama' stratosphere is Georgia. They lost twenty seven to six, and Georgia doesn't really even have a quarterback. Their QB situation has been out of whack all season long. So I think Alabama will be fine without Saban. Uh, I, I read that he's not allowed to do anything with the team. Like there's no there's supposed to be no contact or anything. If there were some sort of rule, I'm sure he would have something rigged up where he could somehow be in the locker room or somehow <laughs> talking to coaches in the he press could- box. S- something, but call a few freeze
2: if, and get that hospital bed from Liberty University. Maybe they could bring that out before him and he could just <laughs> right? sit up in the press box and do that. That'd be fun.
4: I wonder for a guy like Sabin, like what it would be like to be so in control of your program and then have to watch a game on television. Do you think he can do it or do you think he has to turn it off or what do you think he has to do to get that's, through that?
2: That's a good question. I don't, and I don't know what, what he's going to do. I, I would presume he will be. Uh, just just i would assume he's in a room in his house every door is shut every window is closed the game is on at a, a level 100 mm. and he's just wa- like and there's no furniture in this room he's walking around and yelling into maybe even a fake headset and just like i picture him dressed <laughs> in the outfit and marching around that room and barking signals and and Getting mad and all that stuff,
4: but doing all the things he would normally do on the sidelines, yes, just kind of yes. cosplaying as himself,
2: exactly right. Yes, cosplaying as a college football head coach, which of course he is, but not this weekend. Steve Sarkeesian will uh, get the reins for Alabama this week, so we'll see how Sark does. Maybe an audition for some of the many jobs that we anticipate are going to be open, already are open in South Carolina, uh, so he will be in the running for those. Obviously, former. Uh, USC head coach, so clearly he's got you know the pedigree to do it. It's just will he be back? We will find out. Uh, LSU and Texas A&M again, not a tremendous game on an, in and of itself, but it's surprising because this time last year LSU was the one that obviously had the tremendous fortune in their season. Now Texas A&M five and one, mm-hmm. number five in the country, big game for them. Uh, but that is a home game for them at College Station. That's at seven p.m. on ESPN.
4: A&M, despite being number five, is the least in control of like the top eight to get into the playoff. You could argue maybe Cincinnati and the fact that like they just won't get the respect they need, but they at least have a chance to win out and be undefeated and say, hey, look at this. Texas A&M actually needs stuff. They one they need to win out, and then they kind of need stuff to happen in front of them a little bit. They need the Notre Dame Clemson ACC title game to most likely be a blowout on either side to get those two out. The Florida Alabama game if Florida wins that and Bama has one loss, I think that's weird for them. So while they are still locked in and hoping, they're just like it's it's tough for them because they have no control over their destiny as far as the playoff goes. I think they'll take care of LSU, so they should be on track for that. But. It, it's just weird as a football team to just have to just completely rely on things happening around you while you're still number five. It's not like they have to move up a ton. They're right. still up. They're still right there, but they just can't do anything really themselves.
2: Yeah, it's it's a very difficult situation. But I, the only thing they can do right now is try to win big and win impressively to make everyone question the decision of leaving them out. And that's all you can really ask. Uh, a game that would have normally been must see TV. A game that still. Despite the fact that Ohio State is on, I really want to watch this game. I'm not going to. I'll have to watch it on uh, delay, but Penn State and Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> I just laugh at these two teams, man. and 5 Penn State, 2 and 3 Michigan. And one of those
4: one of those wins for Michigan is a triple overtime win against Rutgers. So, no.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly right. It's it's not a, it's not a strong year for either of these teams, but Michigan is favored by a point. It's a noon kick on ABC. Who do, you, do you think Penn State gets this? Do they do they find a way to at least get a victory and, and put one on the board? Or are they going to go 0-6 to start off the season and, and risk going 0 for, for the entire year? So this
4: is a weird game. It has two like big question marks that I would hope to have the answer to once the game's over. But judging by these teams, you don't really know. One, which team has actually packed it in this year and like just doesn't care and just is apathetic? It's like the ap- apathy bowl right, right. now. Have And have the Wolverines found their quarterback? It sounds, rumors, reports, whatever you want to call them, that Cade McNamara is going to get the start. So Cam Newton, 2.0, preseason, all-world, Joe Milton might be out for now. Both of these teams have done some weird... Quarterback musical chairs in that. And Penn State's the really weird one because it seems like those quarterbacks only care about taking the starting position back and then not doing anything. They've, bo- Will Levis <laughs> provided a spark in the Nebraska game. They, they still got beat bad, but he, he had, he looked better in the second half. And then, um, Sean Clifford took over for Levis in the Iowa game and they scored 14 quick points and then they still lost by 20. But these quarterbacks don't seem very interested in just being the starter, just taking it back. I don't know. Both teams playing quarterback musical chairs, though.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So a lot of uh, interesting games. You obviously have a good one just kicking off as well. Number two, Notre Dame, taking on number 19, North Carolina. That is scoreless with about 13 and a half minutes to go in the first quarter. Uh, So that's one to keep an eye on as well. Uh, We'll take a break when we come back. Lots more to get to here. What will the NHL playoffs look like this season? We'll discuss it next. It's Man and Bone on the
5: fan. Fan traffic from the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center.
3: Good afternoon. Still watching an accident on Frank Road at Hardy Parkway. This is an injury crash. Please be cautious over here as they work to get the roadway clear. Plan about a 10-minute slowdown in the meantime. This traffic report is sponsored by Lowe's. Don't miss Lowe's Pro Vember Season of Savings event because this month they're saying thanks to their pros in a big way. Now through 12-2, they have deals on brands like DeWalt, Spider, and Metabo HPT. They also have events you won't want to miss. Lowe's, the new home for pros. Only an on array with fan traffic.
1: Listen to this show and feel better about yourself. This is Common Man and T-Bone.
2: All right, so it's a football Friday. Chops is in for Common Man. We were going to talk NHL playoff scenarios and and what that all may look like. We'll have to pause that conversation, Chops, because some big news just came down from Ohio State. Go ahead and tell us. Yes.
4: Um, so it's buried in the lead here, but in this Jerry Emig release about Ohio State in the fourth paragraph, head coach Ryan Day is one of the individuals who has tested positive. He is in isolation and will not travel to Illinois or coach the team this week. Assistant head coach slash defensive line coach Larry Johnson will serve as the interim head coach of the Buckeyes on Saturday. In those previous paragraphs, they were talking about how they've done another uh, point of contact daily testing this morning, and they're also going to do PCR testing for everybody to make sure that everybody is negative who is going on that trip to Illinois, and they have confirmed that there is an increased number of positive tests this week for the coronavirus. This is in contrast to testing throughout the season when Ohio State had consistently recorded nearly 0% positivity rate since August 11th. The increased number does not reach the threshold for Ohio State to have to cancel the game this week, according to Big Ten conference protocols. So Ryan Day out, but they they aren't at Big Ten levels to cancel it. They're going to travel and get everybody tested to confirm negative before they get to Illinois.
2: Here's the thing that's that's really concerning and by the way when they travel they're not traveling tonight the which was the plan was they were going to fly out this evening they're going to fly out tomorrow morning for a game that is at noon so just <laughs> be aware of how that's going to play out like that is definitely a change from what they usually do uh mm-hmm. and so certainly you're going to have a different head coach you are going to have now again I'm not saying that that will matter in in the long run. I mean, obviously if Ryan day was going to be out for the rest of the year, that'd be different. He is not subject to the protocols. I've seen that question already. Would he be out for 21 days with this positive test? No coaches aren't subject to that. He'll just need to have have a 10 day one. Yeah. Is that, is that for sure? I don't know. I don't know for sure.
4: Maybe that's if they they have symptoms. It's not ten days. If they don't have symptoms, maybe there's something to that. I don't know for sure. Yeah, my yeah, I don't know. It's definitely not the twenty-one, though. I know that for a fact.
2: Well, didn't because we already have seen at least one player, right? I want to say that uh, for Ohio State that had a positive, and then it wasn't. They they were convinced it was not a positive, and got multiple tests to show that it wasn't positive. And Mm -hmm. anyway, I'm I'm guessing maybe there's a chance that with Ryan Day, I mean that's they've confirmed it, right? So so if. Yeah, Time-wise, I, mean, I don't know what that means for next week, but obviously they're he's still for in not coaching way tomorrow. For next week. Though. Yeah, for, for, that's the immediate thing we know for sure is Ryan Day will not travel with the team. That's the other part of this. Obviously, you're not going to put him on the plane if he is COVID positive. So he will be at home, uh, just like Nick Saban. I guess uh, they will not be participating in their team's games this week. Uh, so what does that mean? Uh, Larry Johnson is going to be the interim head coach or the interim, whatever. He's going to take over head coaching duties for tomorrow. And uh, Ted brought up a good point in the break about how it's nice to have guys like, you know, Kevin Wilson on this staff who can call plays and they have been head coaches as well. So like you have Mm -hmm. a lot of talented, experienced guys on this staff that know the drill and are are not necessarily going to be lost out there without guys like Kevin Wilson
4: are actually more experienced as a head coach than Ryan day. Technically,
2: Well, for sure, yeah, but I'm saying as far as calling plays, too, it's not like, well, the offense won't go now because Ryan Day's not Mm -hmm. there to call plays. It'll be different. I mean, it's certainly going to change it up a little bit, but uh, again, we don't know who all is playing tomorrow because Ohio State has not released that information yet. They won't release that until tomorrow, Uh, and and obviously we hope for everyone to be recovered and and not get too many, you know, any issues related to the actual situation that you can get when you have COVID, right? We're kind of glossing over that, too. That's the biggest thing you have to focus on. Once that's all secure, then we look at the football stuff.
4: Gene Smith, in, in the release, has a statement there, Ohio State's athletic director. And he says, I've spoken with Coach Day, and he is doing well physically. So I don't know if that means he doesn't have symptoms or if he's just feeling all right. But, you know, it's really going to be hard to confirm if anybody's going to be able to get to that point to see if he has mild symptoms or what it might be, which always makes yeah, it more concerning and I think harder you know, for you to come back sooner.
2: Yeah, yeah, it really does. So, yeah, we're, we're going to have to monitor this situation as it goes. What does it mean for tomorrow? What we do know is you will have the game. It will be here on the fan starting at noon. How many players are traveling? Which players will those be? The other thing I, I keep thinking about, and I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to go f- too far down this road, but let's keep this in mind with Wisconsin, right? Wisconsin canceled games without having to have the threshold met. Remember, like, yeah, Wisconsin's first game Maryland. they canceled against Nebraska. Yes, they did not meet the threshold where you absolutely have to play this game, uh, or, or they, or they absolutely had to be canceled. They canceled it because they didn't want the the progress to happen in their program. Ohio State is choosing not to do that. And if you followed what happened with Wisconsin, they had a big issue with that. Same with Maryland, even after not playing their football games. So will this be a bigger issue? I don't know. Because like, on the this flip going, side,
4: the team they're playing made it through it by just keep on yeah. playing through.
2: Well, it made Not it through very it successfully with, on the field. With a couple but, of losses, yes. Yeah. But you're right. They, <laughs> they did eventually get through it, and now they're back mostly to full health. So... Uh, I'm a little interested that the Illinois, I don't know, I mean, I guess it's not up to them per se, but I wonder if Illinois, having been through it already, would say, wait, you're sure that we're going to do this? We sure this is the way to go but apparently right now the game is still on so it would
4: probably hinge on you know the sort of the precedent set last week with Florida State if they do you know the point of contact testing tomorrow and there's a player who did travel with Ohio State yeah. that does come up then what's going to happen there because that's what happened with Florida State when they learned that mm-hmm. oh once they did the testing on Saturday morning Clemson does have a player that traveled reportedly I I don't know the full story on this but reportedly no, a it player did, that it, traveled yeah player that traveled
2: and he- then he Turned up positive there. And so and then Florida State
4: made the call that we don't feel comfortable playing if your team was around that guy and exposed to that.
2: Yeah. So uh the the news today is we will have more in the update here, but Ryan Day tested positive for COVID nineteen. Larry Johnson will fill in his interim head coach for this game against Illinois. All the action, of course, you will still hear right here on the fan. And we will have more for you on that as uh, we go through it. As we'll take a break here when we come back. There is some good news for the Buckeyes when it comes to the Buckeye basketball team. Chris Holtman got some excellent news. We'll share that with you next. It's Man and Bone on the fan.
5: Van traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center.
3: Good afternoon. An accident to watch out for on the roads. You will find an accident on Westerville Road at Innes Road. This is an injury crash. Please be cautious as they work to get the roadway clear and plan on some heavy backups in the meantime. This traffic report is sponsored by Napa Auto Parts. With thousands of locally owned Napa stores across the nation, chances are that wherever you call home, they do too. So whether you stop by your local Napa Auto Parts store, Napa Auto Care Center, or visit Napa Online, you can count on Napa Know How. I'm Leanna Ray with fan traffic.
1: The kings of local social media, Twitters and Twatters. This is Common Man and T-Bone.
2: Welcome in. It's Football Friday here on the fan. Chops is in for Common Man today. Hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, as you heard Paul Keels mention there in the Sports Center, the big news that just came down less than half an hour ago: Ryan Day not traveling with Ohio State as he is in isolation due to a positive COVID test. Uh, That means he will not coach the game tomorrow against Illinois. That game is still on for noon right here on the fan. Uh, But, Chop, something else that uh, it appears, I believe this is correct, I think it was Nicole Auerbach who who tweeted this out, that Mm -hmm. coaches in college football who get a positive test have a 10-day minimum. They have to be out. So if that positive test came today... Uh, I would think, or even yesterday, that's going to put Ryan Day within the 10-day window for Michigan State as well. That would mean he will not coach next week either. Now, we don't know if that's the case, but... he I mean, was, you
4: have to... He did a show on Wednesday. Did that a show seen, on Wednesday,
2: and he had his picture taken yesterday at practice holding up the Illibuck, which... Yeah. I mean, that's like... So, I, presumably, he he didn't have a positive test and was coaching the team yesterday. Mm-hmm. So, presuming he had that test today that obviously means next saturday he will not be you would presume not be coaching either if that standard is correct and it is a 10 day window for all coaches across college football and i believe that is correct so this is not just this week this now has implications for next week too
4: and it's something they're going to have to deal with it Would probably be easier, I think, to – it reminds me of the Trevor Lawrence one where they decided on Saturday to, like, keep him out of the Notre Dame game. Like, depending on what day it is, could they be back Friday evening or Saturday morning and coach against uh, Michigan State at noon? Maybe. But I think almost it's better to just, like, kind of write him off, stay in isolation, get better, get through this. Larry Johnson will take over as the head coach. It's not as big as for a player as a coach, but still I think it's just easier to like look at, this is the personnel we're going to have for this week from a coaching standpoint and just kind of roll with that all week can practice with the idea being that this is who will be the head coach on Saturday. And I think that's yeah. the biggest question to answer is, do you really want to work so hard to just barely get him over the threshold or do you just want to look at the Michigan State week as one solid unit as Larry Johnson is the interim?
2: Yeah, I and I don't know. That's that's a really good question. I think the other thing that has to at least be weighed here is you know, it, it is uh it is unfair to the rest of the players to do this, but the reality is like the biggest loss on the field. And and please understand, we are talking about the sports perspective here. We clearly don't want anyone to get COVID. This is all bad, right? And and hopefully everyone recovers and is healthy and and so far that seems to be the case throughout most of college football. That said, like the number one player you would not want to see get COVID from a football perspective is Justin Fields, assuming he would be healthy even if he had it. The point is, you would not want to see him miss the next three weeks. I wonder if if the thought would be to contain this if maybe Ohio State would reconsider. It doesn't sound like they will. It sounds like they're going to go ahead and play this game, but I I would just be concerned about putting more players in a position where they're not going to be able to play in the Michigan game. You know what I mean? Like that's. That's my all, biggest concern now.
4: They've already missed one game and then you have to weigh the football concerns of it. If they, if they canceled this game, then they'd only have one more game for out of two for margin of error, and that becomes an issue in and of itself. Wisconsin, we talked about this week, they got their third game canceled when Minnesota is struggling with COVID positivity, and now they are out of Big Ten title contention. Now, they likely already were because of their loss to Northwestern last week, but that's not really the important part of it, The especially when looking at Ohio State, is the fact that I just don't think they want to give up another game and have a chance that, like, up you know, it's a coin flip then, a 50-50 chance of one of the last two games. If that's gone, you can't compete in the Big Ten title, and that's something they don't want to deal yeah. with. So I think through everything, they're going to try to get this game going.
2: It's it's a really tight spot here, too, because you're right. I mean, and like we said, we're we're thinking about this from the football perspective. Obviously, there's more to consider than just that. But the other thing that Ohio State is probably, if they are thinking about the football perspective... Uh, It does, you know, with, with only four games played this year, this would be game number five. You put this one on the board, get this one over with, and win it, presumably beat Illinois. Which I know that's not like a total given. They're favored by 28 points. Well, With this
4: increased amount of testing, you're worried who's out, what players are we going to see If Is it in a position group? If it's in the D-line or something like that, that's concerning because Illinois, their strength right now is running the ball with those two backs that have looked pretty good, especially in recent weeks. Or the offensive line, which has already kind of struggled protecting fields, especially in the Indiana game, if they're missing some guys. So position groups are the first thing, because it looks like Fields is going to play. Position groups are the first thing I'm going to know I'm going to look at not even individual players. Whether or not it's the best player on a unit or the worst player is the unit itself compromised, and that can be a huge deal.
2: Yeah, again, I mean they're going to do they're going to do more testing tonight, and that's why they're not traveling until tomorrow morning. The game is not noon. It's not a you know eight p.m. game. They are traveling tomorrow morning getting off a flight, getting right on a bus, and going go, to the stadium. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so they are going to be right over to the stadium and, and play the game, and then get back on the plane and come home, which is, is is doable. I'm just pointing out that that's how different this is for them than what they usually do, which is get in the night before, have a couple walkthroughs, go to the hotel. That's all not happening now. So and it probably it will
4: cut in on like meeting time in the morning and things like that. Of It'll be a really weird day.
2: Yeah, it will be. And the other part, though, is – that means tonight you could have more people test positive who then will not travel. So people who have so far not tested positive that, that were like at practice yesterday, that doesn't mean they're necessarily guaranteed to play tomorrow. So there's a lot riding on this, obviously. And if a nurse
4: tests positive, the game could get canceled. That's another thing that's um, just, sure for that. Sure. Yeah.
2: yeah. I, look, again, it, it feels, it feels gross to me to be talking about it just about the football when we know. I, man, if you, if you get a COVID diagnosis, I know some people are scared about that. I'm pretty scared of it. I wouldn't want to get that. So I don't mean to minimize that for Ryan Day or for any of the other players who we don't know yet who have it.
3: Mm. You know,
2: I, I feel for them and their families and I hope everyone is okay. Our job here is to talk about football and to talk about what is going on on the field. And from that standpoint, there are implications through all this that could lead to star players not playing in the Michigan game because that will be within the three-week time period that is instituted by the Big Ten. And And you're right, Chops. If they get this game in, but then let's say the numbers increase over the next few days and they can't play the Michigan State game, then you have to play the Michigan game to qualify with enough wins to make it to the Big Ten title game. I mean yeah are not enough wins enough games you you would be on 5 games if you don't play next week for some reason or if like you said tomorrow if the game or tonight if we find out more tests come in and they did have to cancel this game tomorrow then you're talking about you have to play six games and they've only played four. They cannot miss next week or the week after. So. And then another
4: scary part about the hypothetical of it is if they get through this game, but then they get back and maybe it's still kind of going through the team and there, there are more positives next week. Again, it's a road game at noon and that just is a whole nother can of worms. If they, I mean, two straight <laughs> weeks of like traveling uh, on Saturday, if they decide to do that, that can't be good for a football no,
2: team. No, I would think not. So. There's lots going on here right now. This is a big story in college football. It's obviously big for us here, uh, and we're going to keep it at the forefront. As we hear more information, we will obviously give it to you and keep you updated. I mean, it... it Literally this whole show that we had planned today chops like everything has been like well if this team is playing we don't know like we learned right yeah. before we learned right before the uh show that uh, the Ravens game got moved from Ravens and Steelers from Sunday to Tuesday that's and, how and,
4: crazy all this covid stuff is is not yes. only does it throw a grenade on the the week itself but within the the 2 hours between our pre-show meeting and the start of the show, it, you mm-hmm. could almost throw a grenade on half the show and we have to change some of these things around because different <laughs> news is out. And then during the first yeah. hour of the show, an, big, an even bigger grenade comes out yeah. with Ohio State missing Ryan Day for tomorrow.
2: Yeah, it's obviously w- something that we will keep posted on it and keep looking at, but it, it's it's just a weird way to follow sports because it, it's hard to keep all that in perspective when you know, you're know you trying to deal with everything else going on in life and and You know, Thanksgiving was weird for a lot of people yesterday. I certainly, these problems are not the biggest problems, right? Like not being able to play a football game. It's just something that that's what we focus on. That's what we deal with here. So that's why we're talking about it. And, and certainly we'll keep talking about it as long as we have more information. Um, so real quick, before we, you know, move on from that, or at least talk about that more, the good news I mentioned for uh, Chris Holtman, this is, I thought, I thought a pretty big get for them. Buckeye basketball got another commitment for the 2022 cycle. That would be Bruce Thornton, who is a point guard. He is a high-end four-star from Alpharetta, Georgia, and he is going to be coming to Ohio State next year. That means that Ohio – or in in 2022, rather. So that means Ohio State is going to have – right now, they have ranked the best 2022 basketball recruiting class – by the major recruiting sites. As yeah. of right now, this is from the 24-7 sports composite. That couples with Ohio State football having the best recruiting cycle for next go-around two. So both the football and basketball program, as of right now, have the number one ranked classes, which is really awesome. I don't know that the basketball one will... <laughs> it probably won't hang on to be the number one class, I'm guessing, but
4: it's still the pretty Basketball good always has... They always have such big fixtures to fall like at the end, and they almost always go to the Kentuckys, the Dukes, the North Carolinas, Kansas, those kind of schools, and then that just completely pushes rankings up, but it is cool to have both at number one at the same time. Like you said, the football one, probably decently safe to be up there. The basketball one will fall, but I, I would say this probably puts them at a good pace to be in the top 10 for sure
2: yeah yeah i'd agree with that and uh it's it's good because he's the seventh best point guard in his class 30th ranked overall player in the cycle so i also i love this part of it colin Hass hill had a write-up on him on 11 warriors where he pointed out that uh his high school coach said that basically bruce thornton Just wanted to release this with a little tweet that, or a a post that said, committed to Ohio State and be done with it. It is your birthday period. (laughs) Right. And then Jake Deebler was like, hey man, actually, you know, if you don't mind, we like to make a big deal out of this. You worked really hard to make a commitment to a school like Ohio State. We want to highlight this. And and so they, they did do a little bit of that. But yeah, that's, that sounds like a grounded guy that's going to come join your basketball team, just wants to play basketball, doesn't want to deal with all the hype and extra stuff outside of it. And I think that's cool. So, Yeah, and point guard is a
4: position in need for Ohio State this year, so this won't help out in the near future. But the idea of building up a point guard stable is very important for Ohio State, and it looks like this guy, you know, as long as it holds, it's two years. He's a year about a year away from being able to sign, two years away from being on the on the court for the Buckeyes, but still a big deal.
2: Yeah, so we're 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 excited to have him. Hopefully, be a part of what's going on at Ohio State. So uh, yeah, good stuff. And they play UMass Lowell on Sunday. All the action right here on the Fan. Uh, as of right now, that game is still on, but as <laughs> you've just heard, if you've been paying any attention to anything in sports, you know, that's all going to be a fluid situation, probably right up until the day of game. They're not going to risk anything, especially in these early season contests. Ohio State basketball's made that clear if they get one positive test. On either team, it sounds like that's going to be a chance that they will not play the game. So,
4: yeah, what was it on uh, Wednesday, eight thirty a.m. text that mm-hmm. said, "We are on for Illinois State, Ohio State. Let's <laughs> let's get it going." The cool thing about Sunday's game too, it's in the Covelli Center, so that's going to be fun to watch. To that's get a, right, an inside look into that and that new facility. It's like a less than a year old at this point. So, I, I you know I haven't really checked out any of the wrestling footage. I'm sure they've had some games in there, but I've not seen the basketball court for sure.
2: Yeah. One other bit of good news real quick for Ohio State, or at least for a former Ohio State player, is Caleb Wesson didn't get drafted, and we talked about that last week, but he did get a camp invite yesterday to go to camp with the Golden State Warriors. So does that mean he's going to make the team? No, but it does mean he'll get a chance to showcase what he can do, and I had thought at the time with Caleb Wesson's game, I've I've been a little interested in how he'll factor. I don't think he makes a lot of sense as an NBA player. But then again, the guy that I didn't think would make a lot of sense uh, many years ago was Draymond Green, and it turned out he worked out okay, and that's the same team that figured that out. So maybe they see something I don't. They certainly have plenty of talented people looking at him, so that is good news for Caleb Wesson that Golden State wants to bring him in and give him a shot. We'll see how that works out for him, but... Nice news. The hard
4: thing to figure out with Wesson is he doesn't seem like he's going to have the top line athleticism to compete in the NBA. But on the same note, he's kind of increased his athleticism. He's lost a bunch of weight. He's learned how to shoot threes and play a little bit out on the perimeter. He's done that consistently, knowing that was a knock on his game. And maybe he continues to improve that a little. You know, you can, you really have an athletic ceiling, but is he there yet? And that'll be something to keep an eye on for yeah. him if he can make it to the end of an NBA bench.
2: I agree. If they if they bring him out, stretch the floor with him, have him work in the high post, kind of be like a guy who can they can pass through that kind of thing, maybe. I don't see him yet. Yeah, the question is, can be, he
4: hang on the defensive end on a yes, you know another that's the biggest man's thing. four? Yeah.
2: It's gonna to be tough, for sure. Um, so we'll, we'll take a look at that. We'll see how it goes, but I'm, I'm interested to watch Caleb Weston's progression, for sure. Uh, Kyler Murray's dealing with a shoulder injury. We'll give you the latest on his status next. It's man and bone on the fan.
5: Van Traffic. From the Logan AC and Heath Services Traffic Center.
3: Good afternoon, you'll find an earlier injury accident has cleared from the roadway of Frank Road at Brown Road. All lanes are now open in that area, but traffic is still slow as it recovers. Plan on some residual backups. This traffic report is sponsored by Panera Bread. Introducing Panera's new Margarita flatbread pizza, made with tomato bell pepper sauce, covered in the finest blend of Fontina and mozzarella cheeses, and topped with grape tomatoes, fresh mozzarella, and basil. Order online for delivery or pickup, Panera New flatbread pizzas are here. Restrictions apply. Almira Ray with Fan Traffic.
1: Some fans drink the Kool Aid. These guys drink the bleach. This is
2: Man and Bone. Oh, welcome in on a football Friday. Chops is in for common man today. Am weird I? day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to you in a second. Weird, <laughs> weird day with Ohio State. If you've not heard the news, Ryan Day has tested positive for coronavirus. So we wish him. Nothing but the best, full recovery. Uh, but because of that, he will not travel with the team to Illinois. They are not traveling tonight. They are going to travel tomorrow morning. Yes, that's right. They're going to fly out tomorrow morning, go right to the stadium, go play in the game, come back home. Uh, but uh, other players have tested positive as well. We don't know who those players are yet. We will. They are doing another round of testing probably as we speak or this evening, and that information will be passed along tomorrow morning, two hours before the game. So we will have all the action. Such as it is right here on the fans, starting at noon, pregame coverage at 630 right here on the fans. So you'll want to be locked in. You will want to be hearing what's going on as all the information comes down throughout the morning with uh, what's happening with Buckeye football. Now, as for chops, uh, chops obviously loves the Buckeyes, but he's also got a special place in his heart for Iowa and your Iowa Hawkeyes just did, uh, some good things there, right? Chops, they just, they just sealed up the game. Yeah, they locked it
4: up, uh, forcing Adrian Martinez interception. Nebraska seems to be in the same situation as uh Harbaugh at Michigan. Like, when are you going to develop your own guy at quarterback? You know, we all thought Martinez was going to be the guy that they were going to do that with right off the bat with Scott Frost. He's just not looking the part. McCaffrey's just a glorified running back whenever they put him in. It's nothing special for them, but the Hawkeyes get the interception and they're taking their knees out of the victory formation right now that, I'm not a big fan of winning a game by kicking four field goals and getting to 26 points, but it's enough when you hold Nebraska at only 20. Hawkeyes are going to pull this one out 26-20. Six 26 26 straight against Nebraska, who thought they'd run into the Big Ten and just take over, and they can't beat any of the teams that are usually near the top of the Big Ten West.
2: Yeah, yeah, they really they really can't. And here's something I find to be a jarring stat about the uh, Scott Frost era at Nebraska. You ready for this? Yes. Scott Frost... Has now matched Mike Riley's loss total of 19 at Nebraska. However, he is nine wins behind Mike Riley's win total, which was also 19. So.
4: And they've also only played, what, four or five games this year? So.
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously <laughs> they would have played more if this was a normal year. But the point being here, like. <laughs> Scott Frost is not doing any better than his predecessor, and certainly is is doing arguably worse. And, and that's one thing that, if,
4: if you were comparing him uh, to like Bo Pelini's numbers, who were actually yeah. decent. But yeah, to compare it to Mike Riley's, I don't even I don't even really realize why they did that hire. I think they just wanted somebody who was very different than Bo Pelini, but he was not a good coach for them, successful at all. But
2: yeah, it did make a lot of sense. Well, isn't Bill <laughs> Moose their AD? He's he's he came from Washington State, I want to say prior okay. prior to this. So I maybe it was. I don't remember if he was in charge for that hire though. But if assuming he was, and maybe I'm wrong that he was to think that, but. Yeah, maybe that was part of the logic and it I don't know. It really did make a lot of sense hiring Mike Riley away from Oregon State. And I think he regrets ever leaving Oregon State. I don't <laughs> I don't think he ever really has kind of come <laughs> back from that because that was where he grew up, that was where he coached all his life and then he came to Nebraska, it didn't go well, and they moved on very quickly. So yeah, either way, Husker's not in a good spot right now, but uh that's okay for you, Iowa boy. You guys are doing fine, so uh that'll be good. I mean, if uh, you look
4: at it, they, they lose to Iowa giving up only 322 total yards to the Hawkeyes. They only had 338, but I mean, <laughs> Iowa 322 and 26 points, you, you'd think you'd be able to pull that out and get a victory yeah. over that, but just Probably. nothing really going for them.
2: No, no, not at all. Um, this is a little development in the NFL here. There was some talk about Kyler Murray having an issue with his shoulder. Uh, he suffered the injury last week. He... Leads the six and four Cardinals up against the Patriots this weekend. And that is at Foxborough. That's a 1 p.m. Kick. Uh, there was concern about whether or not Kyler Murray would be able to go this week. It does look like he's going to be able to play. So if you have him in your fantasy leagues now, you, you know, at least have that information at hand. Uh, but Larry Fitzgerald is not going to be able to play. He is on the uh, COVID injured reserve list. So he will not be able to play in this week's game. So just something to keep an eye on there. A little developing story there. I, I don't, I think that's completely going to change what the Cardinals are going to do. But, uh, yeah, it's still going to be a tough win for them, I would think, if they can get it. The Patriots are not great, but they are certainly a team that can still be a little formidable. And well, just depends the, on what you're going to get out of Arizona's offense.
4: The scary thing, too, about New England is, like, what is Belichick going to do? What does he have up his cut off sleeves what is he going to be able to he's just so cerebral as a coach that you you would want a guy like Larry Fitzgerald there is my point a a really seasoned veteran who knows what's going on you've got a second year quarterback who you know he's been he's been stellar at times but like obviously as a second year quarterback going up against a Bill Belichick coach team can be daunting and you don't you don't quite know what to expect so I think that's interesting also with Kyler Murray is the shoulder injury, it's on his throwing arm, is it going to affect his passing or his running more? And his running's kind of – hes he can run when he has to, but it's kind of sporadic. He doesn't always go for it. He only had 15 yards against Seattle on the ground. Yeah. But he, he he goes for it here and there, and I just wonder if – with the shoulder, is he going to take less risks scrambling and running, and then what will that do to the coverages that he's going to see if they're sitting back and saying, we don't have to worry about Kyler running. He's afraid to land on his shoulder. So, But then again, is it going to mess with his passing too much if he can't get a full rotation? And That's something definitely to keep an eye on.
2: Yeah, for sure. Another uh, quarterback injury to watch as well. T- uh, Tua Tonga-Bailoa is still listed as questionable with a thumb injury for the Dolphins uh, in their matchup this weekend with the Jets. So not something I would anticipate being a problem either way. Obviously, Ryan Fitzpatrick uh you know will likely be starting there, but either way, just keep an eye on that one uh with the questionable thumb injury, but the Jets, it doesn't matter who you play, you're going to win that game, presumably. And the Dolphins,
4: their power is the defense, and then fitz, we all know I mean he was winning a little bit with them early in the season anyway, so I think they should be fine.
2: Yeah, they, they should be okay there. Uh some interesting data coming down on how the NFL is testing for COVID and I don't know. It, it raises some suspicions for me. I don't know if it does for you, Chops, but we'll, we'll discuss that when we come back. We'll take a break. Chops is in for Common Man today. It's Man and Bone on the fan
5: fan traffic from the Logan AC and Heath Services
3: Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Still watching an injury accident on Westerville Road, north of Ennis Road. Please be cautious as they work to get the roadway clear. Plan on some heavy slowdowns as traffic swerves to avoid this. This traffic report is sponsored by Lowe's. It's a season of savings at Lowe's. Get artificial Christmas trees starting at just $49. Lights, ornaments and decor, whatever you need. Visit Lowe's in-store or shop via their, via their app. Have your items shipped or picked up curbside for contactless service. While supplies last, valid through 12-2. Only an array with fan traffic.
1: The number one show in the world, according to the Panama TED Internet Research Group. That doesn't make sense. This is Man and Bone.
2: Welcome in Football Friday. Man and Bone brought to you by Hinderer Motorsports right here on the fan. Chops is in for Common Man today. He's feeling good. Iowa won, so he's in a good mood. Uh, But obviously... We're all still a little concerned about what's going on with Ohio State when it comes to coronavirus, because uh, if you miss the news, Ryan Day not traveling with the team, he has contracted coronavirus, so he will be out, it appears, a minimum of 10 days. That's the standard protocol in college football. Uh, Whether that is going to be adhered to, I am not sure, but that is... And when did the 10 days start is another question mark. But he wasn't the would,
4: team yesterday, so...
2: That would... Say, right. I mean, 10 days from yesterday would seem to put him out of commission for the game against Michigan State, but uh, it's certainly not going to be there tomorrow. That's the the most immediate news there, so we will keep you posted. They're doing another round of testing today at Ohio State, and uh, they will travel to the game tomorrow, so we will find out tomorrow morning who is not playing. Uh, that number could go up, but there are certainly going to be a number of absences from Ohio State's roster. We just don't know who those players are yet, so... Yeah, welcome to 2020. Can't wait for it to be over. Like, as far as just, (laughs) I can't wait to have a football season again where it's just, well, that guy didn't get hurt in the game, and I haven't heard anything out of practice that he, like, twisted his ankle or sprained his elbow, so should be able to play, not just constantly waiting for, like, a cheek swab to come back or a a nasal swab to come back and tell me, no, actually, this player's not going to play now, so... Yeah, 2020, not great for a lot of reasons, not just for football reasons. It's just been a a weird year, so I'll be happy when we get through it and get moved on, hopefully. And like
4: you said, I mean, it just seems like an hour-by-hour thing with Ohio State football right now. Just keep your eye on it. The plan right now is to travel tomorrow morning after this next round of tests come through. But we do know for sure that Ryan Day will not be on that flight and will not be coaching at Illinois.
2: Yeah, and because of uh, coronavirus, we've been up on – Learning all these different terms about, you know, PCR test, point of contact testing. Those are slightly different. Um, something that has come up in the NFL, and I, I like this. This is an article from Defector.com. Kelsey McKinney wrote this, uh, and it's it's talking about the distribution of positive COVID tests. And I, I'm, you know, I'm not someone who believes in giant conspiracy theories typically, but I do find it interesting when when everybody has a vested interest in something happening a certain way. Uh, how outcomes can be int- can be different, right? Like we can you can look at things and say, well, everyone would benefit from something happening a certain way, and then it does happen that way. It makes you wonder, is it happening that way on purpose? And I don't know the answer here, but she looked through the data that is available for what days players tested positive uh, for COVID in the NFL, okay? Yeah. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, looked at every day of the week. And and on Mondays, the tests were up like in the... And and by the way, let me back up here. She started doing this October 13th through November 23rd. That is from when the NFL started testing on game days. They previously were not doing that. So this represents just the numbers from game day testing being implemented on October 13th. Monday's test, 31 players announced as testing positive. Tuesday's 25, Wednesday's 26, Thursday's 27... Uh, Friday is twenty six, Saturday is twenty eight, so all of those between the numbers of twenty five and thirty, roughly. You know, that's that's uh, how many players have tested positive on each of those days. So that seems pretty evenly distributed. On Sunday, which is the game day for most of the NFL every week, four players since that testing protocol happened only four players have been ruled out on a Sunday game, and I find that to be a little suspicious. Just because eyebrow raising for sure like i mean it's it's like an 80% drop from what the rest of the, every other day on average has a lot more players just randomly turning up a test comparatively you only have you know four players turning up there that it makes you wonder if something's going on with the testing on sundays if teams are just not are the tests being done but the results aren't being found until afterwards and then if you notice monday is the highest day uh, by the numbers, they had more tests on a Monday than any other that came back positive and ruled someone out. So I wonder yeah. how many of those tests. It it just looks a little odd, doesn't it,
0: Chops?
4: It definitely does. That it would drop that significantly to like a sixth or a seventh of what the all the other days are on Sunday. The, a few things that I think maybe could factor in to kind of make it not you know conspiratorial. If you know I'm playing devil's advocate for the NFL, maybe when they get back. Um, those tests on on game day they wait until monday to place players on the covid reserve list you know they get through the game maybe and then they just don't do anything more uh, as an office for the rest of the day i don't know how strict they have to be with when they place a guy on the COVID oh, that's fair list. like that's the only maybe one they
2: maybe they hold the guy out but he's not been placed on a yeah a list, like because
4: right? there's a lot going on on game day that you don't really need to do that paperwork and figure that out that's the one thing i could think that maybe could cause this but other than that i mean it It just can't be that all the other day, especially because the other days are consistent. It's not like Monday's at 60 and there's 20 on Tuesday. You know, it's they're all right there nearing 30, basically. And then all of a sudden only four on Sunday. There's uh, I like I like I said, I don't know if it has to be a conspiracy, but it's definitely eyebrow raising. Right. Just kind of makes you think though. The one that I thought was. The aspect from this article that I thought was weird was she was talking to uh, Brian McCarthy who's Vice President of Communications for the NFL and he assured her that players are tested on game day but he was saying that this, RE, your theory of game day versus other days, not accurate. I don't have it broken down uh, by day but we've had issues every day of the week including Sunday and we've held out players slash personnel and he also went on to say that like it was the Saturday test that would that would result in players being taken out Sunday. And that one's like a... Well, you don't need to point that. I don't care which day of the test is. The point is that well, less that- players are being put on the reserve list on game day. Right. Which but is also- something
2: that... That would probably mean like the Tuesday test is is meaning Wednesday is when people are getting yeah. put on. Okay, a list. So move like, them all over
4: it but-
2: <laughs> Right, every other day seems still that like on game day you just have fewer guys coming out of games or being ruled out of games than you do on other days. And they did account for like Mondays and Thursdays where teams that played on Mondays and Thursdays had very few players. I think it was like two all year that got ruled out. So the point still being the majority of those tests are not players that were playing on that day. So it just seems like perhaps on game day, the NFL is less concerned about, well, if you've tested good all week, we're not going to worry about you that day of game. And then if the next day you come back positive, well then, you know, that's what I guess we're going to have to deal with. I mean, that's, that's certainly frustrating to a degree. And I think that's part of what the Ravens should be frustrated about because they went through after their game, they tested positive. uh, A few guys tested positive on Sunday evening or Monday morning, whenever it Mm -hmm. was, and then they were permitted by the NFL to go ahead and do walkthroughs anyway, Monday and Tuesday, because they have a game, were supposed to have a game this Thursday with the Steelers that obviously has been moved a few times. But that's something where it makes you wonder is the NFL truly serious about this, or are they just kind of, when it's convenient, they ignore it? And, and has that day, possibly led to this? I don't know.
4: A problem, too, is game day seems to be the, from an outside perspective looking in, without numbers really to back it up, it just looks like. The worst candidate for a day to spread. And almost, you know, very few of the players are wearing masks. They're constantly together. They're in the locker rooms together, which you can't really space out as much on game day, I'm assuming, because they want to keep that like more of the cohesive unit. It, right. And it seems that since they've been doing this testing that these, these players who test positive on game day, it's not doing anything for you because it, these guys are still playing. The good news is it doesn't seem to be like spreading during play. I don't really know. How that is so possible? But for the most part, there's very little evidence that it's spreading like between team to team, right? During like, you play, and I it. don't know you how you'll see possible. one team
2: full of guys who've who've come up with positive tests, and then a few days later, the next team now but has it, it all too.
4: Yeah, but it does seem like a team that has had players test positive on game day, they have not been able to isolate those. Like Miles Garrett tested positive for Cleveland, and they they're kind of up and down a, a player here or there over the last two weeks for Cleveland, but not a full on outbreak. Type deal like what the Ravens are doing when players are testing positive on game day. That seems to be just from looking at like the raw numbers and you know extrapolating from that a little yeah. bit. It seems to be that's when there are a, is big spread like an outbreak type situation.
2: Yeah, yeah. So hopefully, hopefully the NFL does have a reason for that, and hopefully there's certainly an understanding as to why that's occurring. But in the meantime, it's something we're going to keep <laughs> trying to figure out because it doesn't make a ton of sense. Uh, here's what I do know. We've got NFL picks coming up next. Your chance to win a prize if you can beat Chops and I. 614-821-9710 is the phone number. 614-821-9710. The prize this week is a $100 Moo Moo Car Wash gift card in pale with car cleaning supplies. You can enjoy fast, fun, and eco-friendly car wash experiences at any 17 Central Ohio Moo locations. Don't forget you can wash all you want at any Moo location with the Unlimited Wash Club starting at just $15.99 a month. Remember to clean your hands and your car for loc- locations and hours visit Moo carwash.com NFL picks are next it's man and bone
5: on the fan Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center.
3: Good afternoon. Still watching that injury accident on Westerville Road north of Ennis Road. Traffic is still slow in this area as they work to get the roadway clear. Plan on some backups for at least another 15 minutes. This traffic report is sponsored by Meyer. At Meyer, Black Friday is all week long. Get seven days of great gifts and save on thousands of items you love. Choose for the family or buy one get one for just $1 when you shop at Meijer. Visit Meijer.com for more great deals or visit your local Meyer on the NRA with fan traffic.
1: Getting fatter and angrier by the minute. This is Common
2: Man and T-Bone. Welcome in. Football Friday. Chops is in for Common Man. we got the Buckeye Show coming up tonight at 6 where there will be plenty of discussion about uh, the situation going on at Ohio State. The news of the day, Ryan Day will not travel with Ohio State. Head coach will be... At home, due to a positive COVID test, there are more positive COVID tests on the Buckeye football team. Uh, we do not know who the players are yet who have tested positive. We will find out who won't be available for the game tomorrow, but OSU has not released that information. Usually they release it today. Uh, instead, it will be released tomorrow at 10 a.m. unless you know some kind of news breaks or, or some other information comes out. So, uh, yeah, a little bit interesting, but, of course, all the details and all the info, you can keep it locked here on the fan. pregame coverage starts tomorrow at 6.30. The game... Will be at noon right here on ninety-seven point one. Chops, you ready to do NFL picks?
4: Let's do it. I had J Lo help me out with these picks today, so oh. I think we're gonna be we're gonna be spot on.
2: That's that's excellent. All right, here we go. Let's do it. Uh, NFL pick time. Guys. Common
4: man and T-bones.
1: NFL
2: picks.
5: Sponsored by Buffalo Wild Wings.
2: Our guy this week is Mark. If Mark can beat the both of Chops and I, he will get a $100 Moo Moo Car Wash gift card and the prize pail, which I love, with car cleaning supplies, 17 Central Ohio locations. Find yours at com and check out their unlimited wash club starting at just fifteen ninety nine a month. Mark, you ready to go? On um, Yes, I'm ready, definitely. All right, thanks, Mark. All right, first game we're going to do uh, on at 1 o'clock game here. Vegas at Atlanta. I'm going to go with the Raiders on the road. What say you, Chops?
4: I just want to say Mark is a really cool name. No reason. Just that's a really good name.
2: <laughs> I'm going to go with the Raiders well, thank as you. well. <laughs> I'm going to Atlanta. All right. Uh, you've got the Chargers taking on Buffalo. I'm going to go with the Bills at home.
4: Bills for me as well.
2: Bills. Giants taking on the Bengals in what has ridiculous implications in the NFC East. I will take the Giants on the road.
4: Yeah, Cincinnati, I think I had to upgrade like, some guy from their practice squad to play quarterback with Burrow out, so I'll go Giants. I have to go Bengals. I'm from Cincinnati.
2: Oh, there you go. That's good. Well, Boomer Sison's coming back to play quarterback for you because no one else <laughs> is available, so good luck with that. Uh, t- Tennessee Titans taking on the Colts. I'm going to go with Tennessee on the road.
4: I feel like I'm going with a lot of road teams this week, but I'm going to stick with the Titans too.
2: I'll the Colts. Uh, Carolina at Minnesota. Interesting game. I, I don't feel confident about this pick either way, but I think I'm going to go Panthers on the road here.
4: This is probably the most coin flip game of the week for me. I'm going to go Vikings at home.
2: Vikings. Got the Arizona Cardinals taking on the Patriots. These are all 1 o'clock games so far. I'm going to go Cardinals on the road.
4: I agree with you, Cardinals. As long as Kyler can play most of it, they should be
2: fine. Patriots. Man, we got contrarian, he's Mark. Playing, I love it. That's, hey, that's a way to go, Mark. You're <laughs> yes either going to smoke us. That's right. That's how you should play. Good job. Uh, you got the Dolphins taking on the Jets. If you go contrarian here, I might question your sanity. I think we're all going to go with the Dolphins to take it to the uh o for Jets. M-I-A Dolphins, yes. for
4: me. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Mark, you're the same?
4: Dolphins, yes.
2: Yes. All right. There you go. Uh, Brownies taking on Jacksonville. The Jags are going to be rolling out Mike Glennon at quarterback. So, despite all the injuries and other issues going on in Cleveland, I am going to take the Browns to win this game.
4: Is Mike Glennon, is he a Texas A&M guy? I can't remember. I I, forget thought the, where he I thought the Jaguars just played whatever trash heat Pac-12 quarterback <laughs> they could pick up, but
2: apparently not. I'm going Brownies. I'm going Jagged. Wow, there you go. Saints taking on Denver. I will take the Saints on the road.
4: I like the Saints as well. Saints also.
2: Another 425 game here. The 49ers taking on the L.A. Rams. Give me the Rams at home.
4: Hard not to go with the Rams in that one. San Francisco, I don't even know what their team is still.
2: Rams. Kansas City taking on Tampa Bay. Could be the game of the day. I don't trust Tampa Bay's offense still. I will take Kansas City on the road.
4: I agree with you right now. you got to trust the Chiefs' offense more than Tampa Bay's. Chiefs.
2: I'm taking the Buccaneers. I love it. Uh, I wish that uh, Common Man was here to react to the fact that Mitchell Trubisky is back at quarterback for the Bears. They are your Sunday night game against the Green Bay Packers. I will take the pack at home.
4: Aaron Rodgers versus Mitch Trubisky. I yeah, give you the Packers. <laughs>
2: Packers. Uh, and finally, your Monday night game. That is the Seahawks on the road to take on the struggling Philadelphia Eagles. I will take. The Eagles on the or the Eagles, God, no, wrong birds. I'll take Seattle on. The, I'll take Seattle on the road.
4: Yeah, I'm going to go with Seattle. Uh, Timon, I think we might have had the same picks here. So if Mark gets some of these, he's going to run away with it.
2: Beautiful. Uh, I'll
4: take Seattle.
2: Uh, give me a point total for that game, Mark.
0: Uh fifty.
2: All right, and other Mark, give me the <laughs> chops. <laughs> give me a point total for uh, that game as well. Eh, forty-two. There you go. If Mark can beat the both of us, he will win the $100 Moomoo Car Wash gift card. You can check out all 17 Central Ohio Moomoo locations, find the one close to you by going to MoomooCarWash.com. Uh, so we talked a little bit about these games as we were running through them, Chops, but uh, I think the the best game for me, the one that I'm most excited to watch, is Kansas City-Tampa Bay, even though I don't really know what to make of the Bucks offense at this point, like I said. I still think the Chiefs are the best team in the NFL, and I'm going to, you know, I picked them to win, but is that the game that stands out to you as being the best one, or what do you see here?
4: Yeah, for sure. That's the one I'm definitely going to, and I think it's going to be like the national one in that four o'clock time slot, so most people should be able to see it. Patrick Mahomes continues to be spectacular to watch, so you always tune in for that. Tom Brady and the Bucs offense it just like is up and down every other week like who knows maybe they'll score 42 and beat the the Chiefs 42 to 28 or something like that. You kind of just don't really know what you're going to get out of their production. We talked about Kyler Murray. I think Arizona New England is interesting because of that interest in what is Bill Belichick going to work up for the young quarterback and I think that's something that I would like to keep an eye on.
2: Yeah, I tend to agree with you on that. Um yeah, and, and the other thing I will say about the Cincinnati game real quick is Best case scenario for both teams is for the Giants to win. Like, that's going forward, Bengals fans. You want the Giants to win, and you, like, you just, you want to be one of the teams losing right now. You need the high pick, get as high a pick as you can. I don't think it's going to be much of an issue at this point now that Joe Burrow is out, but yeah, the Giants want that win. Let them have it. I mean, the players won't do that, but hopefully, for your sake, that's what happens because that's what you want for the Bengals at this point. And I wonder uh, what
4: the Bengals are really trying to do with bringing up that practice squad QB. Is that like a covert rest of the season tank, or do they really not believe in Finley who subbed in last it week?
2: It could be. I don't know. But i what I know is this: the best, whatever they're doing, as long as it results in an L. That's all you want. Just get the high draft pick and see what you need to do at that point. I think mm-hmm. Joe Burrow will be fine. He'll come back next year and, and hopefully be very good. But the point being, you can use the high draft pick. You can trade out with it. You can get a bunch of assets. That's what you should be trying I- to get as a top three pick at this point.
4: And this kind of tanking, I'm okay with. End of the year, you know, you're not competing for a playoff spot or anything like that. Your quarterback is out for the rest of the season. Just pack it in, get the, you know, do the best. It's not, it, it's really dishonest to do it from the beginning of the season as an organization, but to do it now, whatever. It, it's what's best for your team and it's inarguable that it's what's best for your team.
2: Yeah. If you've missed anything from the first two hours of the program, well, you've missed a lot. You'll get an update in the Sports Center update, and then we will come back and uh, talk about it more in the rundown. That's next.
5: Man and Bone on the Fan. Fan traffic from the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center.
3: Good afternoon. Some slowdowns to watch out for on the roads. You'll find an accident on 670 westbound at 4th Street. It is causing some backups in this area as they work to get the roadway clear. Plan on some slowdowns and please use caution in the meantime. This traffic report is sponsored by EverStream, the business-only fiber network. At EverStream, the business-only fiber network, they believe business deserves better. EverStream's full-service approach to business connectivity delivers the speed and reliability that businesses demand. EverStream, faster fiber, better business. I'm in Array with Fan traffic. Fan-
1: Barely famous, incredibly stupid.
2: Back to Man and Bone. Well, it's been an interesting ride today, that's for sure. Chops is in for Common Man on a football Friday. Before we get to uh, more of the news, as you heard there in the Sports Center, about Ryan Day and Ohio State football, uh, (laughs) I saw this video last year. I don't know how old it is. I I know it's at least a year old, but... uh, chops the video of the of the appears to be a mother uh talking to her adult daughter for thanksgiving where the the mac and cheese was apparently a central dish at Thanksgiving and we've all we've all been there right like when you have your family Thanksgiving maybe you didn't get to do that yesterday like a lot of us didn't but there's usually some kind of food stuff that's special to you chops do you have a dish like that or or something that you think of when you think Thanksgiving it's like oh i'm gonna get aunt so and So's such-and-such. Like, is there something that's made that you you look forward to every year?
4: My big one is I like the stuffing that's actually in the turkey specifically. sure. So that one I always look forward to. So, like, I know this year my mom just did, like, the the, the smaller, like, bird with, like, the chicken breast and stuff. I didn't go home for it. But if I had, she didn't stuff it. I would have been upset with that.
2: Yeah, right. There's always something. My dad makes a a sausage uh, stuffing that he does. And I... I barely eat stuffing anyway, let alone, you know, Thanksgiving is like the only time of year I get it. And then the, the one that has that sausage in it, I look forward to that. So. Also,
4: marshmallows on top of sweet potato souffle, not nuts.
2: Yeah. What, who's, why are people doing nuts on the, on the sweet potato anything? Like, if you want to combine both, I can live with that, but I need marshmallows on there. Like, Mm -hmm. why even bother with it if you're going to do it and not put marshmallows on it? I agree with you. So. In that spirit, I wanted to play this video or the audio of this video. It's from a family member who is recording this conversation where <laughs> mom is mad at adult daughter who was supposed to bring the mac and cheese, and she basically spends like a minute cussing her daughter out for experimenting with the mac and cheese on Thanksgiving. Teddy, hit this audio.
1: Since you fed up the macaroni and cheese, you're cleaning up all these by yourself. Junior, Deja, nor me, I'm gonna help you clean up. We told you don't put any in the macaroni and cheese, but you insist on putting it. So since you want to do things your damn way, we're gonna do shit our way. We get ready to go upstairs Mom. and go to sleep while you clean up all this Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. We love you, but guess what? Uh, uh, this shit ain't fair. That we couldn't even get a decent thing of macaroni and cheese because you decided to do some bullshit you just seen off the damn internet. Don't experiment on damn Thanksgiving. Don't experiment <laughs> on Thanksgiving.
5: Mom, you experiment by you your damn
0: self. With cream cheese
5: before. Hell, don't try it with us. We don't want that. I just gave you the damn recipe, but you chose to do your own. Mess that up.
4: So it appears (laughs) that its cream cheese was added. Is the experiment? Yeah,
2: well, that would be. I mean, that's a that's a departure. I mean, I've had a lot of mac and cheese. I have not had a cream cheese filled mac. Maybe it's excellent. I I don't know. Making it bad. I mean,
4: you put cream cheese in like a buffalo chicken, like anything you put cream cheese in becomes like a good creamy piece of goodness. I don't see how it would make mac and cheese bad, but. That mom is not happy
2: with her. <laughs> Here, There's two things I want to take away from this. Number one is that I hope in your own life you have someone that is you care about enough and that cares about you enough that you can say the phrase because you effed up the macaroni and cheese like that and 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 still have a relationship afterwards like I hope you have someone that you can be petty and stupid and angry with and that person can say I get it you're having a rough day it's all right and you still can come back together and still be family or lovers or whatever it is right I hope we all have that in our lives the
4: presumed daughter seems pretty cool about it she does yeah, it like, the end, she try to explain herself a little bit but she's like okay yeah <laughs> maybe it didn't taste good maybe she like is like agrees like yeah it wasn't a very good experience yeah it I thought out. it would work. It sounds like it, one of those Facebook videos, those autoplay food ones that really are usually mesmerizing, but yeah, you can't always recreate whatever they do on the internet.
2: Yeah. The other thing I take away from that is I am very happy for this family and I'm glad for all the people who are on team macaroni and cheese as a side dish for Thanksgiving. Cause there's, There's no reason that should not be a part of Thanksgiving. I don't care if it's, I mean, if it's Kraft mac and cheese, at least if if you like it, have it at Thanksgiving. I've never understood people who are shaming others for what they serve at Thanksgiving. If you and your family like it, then put it on the table. Who cares? What are you, who are you trying to please? Random people that will never meet you and would just yell at you anyway because it's the internet. Who cares? Like if you like mac and cheese, have it. But I'm glad that, no, there are a lot of people that like it because I like it. I think mac and cheese is good. (laughs) There
4: were a few people who commented on my post and Jayla's post on social media because we took a a picture of like our dinner table as it was set right before we ate and she had made corn on the cob, but you know, we weren't like grilling it or anything because it's November. We, we made it in the oven. She wraps it in foil with some butter and some salt in there. And she, that's how she makes the corn on the cob. Maybe that's how everybody makes it. I don't really know how to make corn on the cob. So I'm saying that's how she makes it. We had it on our plate still in the foil and there were a few people like, Chipotle burritos on, on Thanksgiving, that's an A-plus move. Because <laughs> <laughs> sure, it kind of looked I, like that, just yeah. this like yeah, c- cylindrical foil wrap. And actually, hey. we were saying, I was like, man, that would be pretty good.
2: But you know what? If your family likes having burritos on Thanksgiving, who am I to judge? Make a burrito. I don't care. Have Make a you turkey like.
4: burrito. Stuffing or yeah. mashed potatoes or both instead of rice, some turkey, some how gravy. Put some cranberry sauce oh, in how there. How could that
2: be bad? How could and that then be bad?
4: top it off if you, if you like it with some green bean casserole so you get the crunch of those little oh, onion straws? See, man. you're
2: thinking that that would be, I would, I would try that burrito if that was for offered. Sure. At, if that was offered in the middle of, you know, February, I just saw it at a burrito stand. I would be like, you know what? Let's try the Thanksgiving. Let's see what that is. Yeah, let's go for it. I'd, Sounds pretty good. The idea is to feast. So hopefully you had a good feast yesterday. Hopefully you're still feasting on some of the leftovers today. Uh, and yeah, hopefully you've got plenty of comfort food around because if you're an Ohio State football fan, you're gonna need it because it's it's been a little bit of a rocky ride. We'll get into that right now. Uh, let's do the rundown, Ted.
1: Common Man and T Bones, the rundown, the rundown.
5: Sponsored by Boren Brothers Waste Services, the real local trash company. Boren Brothers taking out the trash.
2: So the the big news of the day: Ryan Day is going to not be coaching tomorrow's game against Illinois. Uh, He tested positive for coronavirus, and that is obviously going to have some implications. Larry Johnson is going to be the head coach tomorrow uh, during the game. Ohio State is not leaving to go to this game until tomorrow morning. Usually they would fly out tonight, but that flight has been halted so they can do more testing. They've already acknowledged there are multiple players who have uh, tested positive for coronavirus. We don't know who those players are. We don't know how many of them there are, but... You'll find out more tomorrow when you see the number of players that are listed as out for the game, unavailable. Uh, you won't get confirmation that they have coronavirus, but you'll probably see unavailable there. And how many more will be on that list is another concern, but, uh, Chops, I just saw this from Joey Kaufman with uh, the dispatch Mm -hmm. who covers the Buckeyes. He says this. A team spokesman said Ryan Day will be in isolation until December 7th following his positive coronavirus test, which also sidelines him for Ohio State's game against Michigan State on December 5th. So Ryan Day will miss the next two games. He will not be able to coach in this week's game or next week's game.
4: And obviously Ryan Day, a huge, important aspect to Ohio State. I think the biggest one. And, you know, you felt pretty good seeing the picture yesterday from practice that Justin Fields was out there at practice. But Ryan Day was in those pictures too. So I don't know. I'm still holding my breath on the idea that who is going to be out for Ohio State. Justin Fields is really the only one that makes me concerned about any of the remaining three games for the Buckeyes. Um and looking at that, any player out, if they stick with this 21-day protocol that the Big Ten has, they'll be out for the rest of the regular season for Ohio State. So I don't know. I don't want to speak anything into existence. I guess knock on wood or anything. But we without knowing it, all you can do is speculate, and you know there's going to be players out. We just don't know who.
2: Yeah, I know. So it's it's really going to be an interesting uh, road. It's obviously frustrating. This is what 2020 is when you root for sports. Uh, this is, you know, the pandemic kind of. <laughs> no matter what sport you're looking at, it's been affected by this in some way, shape, or form. Uh, we've seen it in every every pretty much every sport out there. Uh, this is being pointed out. I saw Colin Hill from Eleven Warriors pointed this out, and it's spot on. Uh, it's it's not something that I'm sure anybody would have picked this to be the way it happened. Uh, but tomorrow will become a pretty historic day for Ohio State football because Larry Johnson will become the first ever uh, black head coach in Ohio State history, uh, as far as the football program goes. Obviously, there are Coaches, uh, people of color, coaching in other aspects. We had Randy Ayers coach uh, for the basketball team many years ago, but th- this is a, a fairly significant silver lining moment to that. I don't even want to minimize it by calling it a silver lining. It's just a weird way for this Glass to half happen,
4: full type way to look at. Yeah, it. yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, it's 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 not any situation that I'm sure even Larry Johnson would have wanted to see this happen this way, but it is an important marker, I guess, to note that. Yeah, this is the this is the first time Ohio State football will have been led by uh, by a black head coach, and I think that's pretty cool that uh, he's the one who got the nod. There are plenty of other worthy candidates on the staff that could easily also have been named head coach for the day or for the next couple weeks, but this is the direction they chose to go, and I think it's the right move.
4: Yeah, I mean he's definitely the right guy for the job, so that's the. Also, the cool part is not only is he going to be the first black head coach for Ohio State in any capacity for the football team, he is a super qualified guy, and I think he's going to do a tremendous job. I don't think that assistant head coach – Thing on his you know line for his job is something they just gave out just because i think they know larry johnson's been around a long time he's a very experienced coach he's a really good coach not just at his position but everybody seems to universally respect him and the chance to even though it's under bad circumstances the chance to get to be the head man for an ohio state football team is really big and i more power to him that's yeah. going to be really cool
2: yeah, it is. Um And the bottom line is this. When it comes to this Ohio State football season, we've known it was going to be a challenge. It is obviously becoming more of a challenge by the day. Um and, and what you have now is this. The reality is Ohio State is going to do everything in their power to play this game tomorrow. They're going to do everything in their power to play this game against Michigan State. What that could mean is because they need to get to the threshold to have the minimum number of games to qualify for the Big Ten Championship game. Uh What that could mean, though, is that more players could potentially pick this up. That's not the goal, but it obviously could happen. You may get to a point where enough players are out or or key players are out, and the reality is if they pick up a positive test today or yesterday or going forward, that's going to rule them out for the Michigan game. So uh-huh. Michigan is not what they once were, clearly. That's not the concern. It's the fact that wouldn't it gut you to know, like, you went through all this, you've done all this hard work, and for a lot of these guys, it may be their last game, and then to know you're not going to get to play the final few games because of a uh, positive test, that would that would suck. I know everybody's trying to do the best they can with it, but no matter what you try here, when it comes to playing sports during this pandemic, it doesn't seem like try is the issue. It's The fact of the matter is it is very difficult to do these team sports and not have a situation like this. Sadly, now it's come to Ohio State. Uh,
5: Let's wrap up the rundown, Teddy.
1: Common Man and T-Bones, the rundown. The
5: rundown. Sponsored by Boren Brothers Waste Services, the real local trash company. Boren Brothers, taking out the trash. So,
2: Ohio State, we will continue to keep you posted on what's happening there, but the issues are not just limited to Ohio State football in Columbus, even. The crew have a big playoff matchup this Sunday, and now there are questions about how that will be played because of the fact that There are positive tests with the crew. We'll give you the latest on that when we come back. It's man and bone on the fan. Fan traffic.
5: From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center.
3: Good evening. Expect some delays on 670 Westbound at 4th Street. Still working to get an accident clear from the roadway. Plan on some heavy backups and please use caution over here. Watch out for the people on the road as they try to get the situation cleaned up. This traffic report is sponsored by EverStream, the business-only fiber network. At EverStream, the business-only fiber network, they believe business deserves better. EverStream's full-service approach to business connectivity delivers the speed and reliability that businesses demand. EverStream, faster fiber, better business. Only an array with fan traffic.
1: Like a sports drink, but for that part of you that's thirsty for fart jokes. Back to Man and Bone.
2: Welcome in. Hope you're having a good football Friday. Chops is in for Common Man today. The news of the day, uh, Coach Ryan Day will not be heading to Champaign. He will not be going to watch the Buckeyes take on Illinois. He will not be coaching the game uh, due to a positive COVID test. He will also miss the Michigan State game, per uh, Joey Kaufman from the Dispatch, reporting on that a few moments ago. So, yeah, pretty pretty interesting day when it comes to news. And the news doesn't really get a lot better when you look around Franklin County. Obviously, Franklin County's been one of the hardest-hit COVID regions in the country, and uh, it's, it's not boding well for the Blue Jackets. They had issues last week, had to shut their facility down. The crew have announced that they've got now – or they haven't announced this. This has been reported – uh, six positive tests for the crew for COVID-19 chops, which is, uh
3: that's not, not ideal. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no. So the status for the crew, what's going on with them, they are in the Eastern Conference semifinals against Nashville SC, which is an expansion team that's having a nice little run, and they beat Toronto, which was, Toronto was the second seed in the playoffs. Uh, so the pathway for the crew in the MLS playoffs, the number one and number two seeds have been taken out by lower-seeded teams. So the crew are now the highest-seeded team in the East. They will have home-field advantage the rest of the way to MLS Cup, and if Kansas City loses their next game in the West, if the crew got to MLS Cup, they would have home-field advantage over every other team left in the West except for Kansas City. So hopefully they lose... And the crew would just have home field advantage throughout the rest of the playoffs. That would be solid, even though there's no fans going to these games. Still nice to just not have to travel. Yeah. Um, the, the issue though now is with six positive tests, that, is, that is going to be a very difficult situation for the crew on Sunday. And so there's a chance they may have to move this game, uh, back a couple days. And that's, it's not ideal but it would be better than the alternative which is they put, could potentially have to forfeit the game. Yeah, and then the, that would be the end of the playoffs. That would I The can't forfeiture even that. just yeah
4: that that would really stink especially like so that happened a little bit in uh college or high school football here in the state of Ohio that I noticed that there were a few teams that just like because that schedule is so intertwined and has to be kind of so exact they have to move on it, they had to throw some guys out for football. Now football's a whole different beast. American football, to be exact, is a whole different beast because, you know, you have to go like that week in between playing a game and then high schoolers like they need to get it in by a certain time. I don't think a pro league should really be forfeiting teams because of COVID like that just seems to go against the whole point of running your league. Like I know it's going to put a wrench in the schedule and mess some things up if you have to push it back. But, I feel like you have to at least take that chance because that's the point of a professional league is to like really get find the best team to win the title so the the idea of forfeiting it even if you have to push it back but that's the good thing about soccer is. It doesn't like fully like push everything up a week, you know. Push the game back a few days to see if the crew can get healthy, and then they can play. And then you don't need as much of a break in between there, and you can probably work away to get back close to the the schedule they were planning on. So I think to forfeit it would be really premature. And just how would you feel as the other team if you did that? What if like they? What if the crew forfeit, and then Nashville comes down with it, and then they do they forfeit, and then the other team just go just wins.
2: Yeah, right. It's just one the the team that is not sick ends up just getting the cup. Like they just get a call, they're at their house, they're yeah. so like, Congratulations, you won MLS Cup. Yay, here you go. I don't think that's how they would do it. Um you're right, though. That that there there's there's something to be said for wanting to play the game, obviously, but also for Nashville, they're an expansion team. If they made the Eastern Conference Finals in their first year, which they're not even, I don't believe, supposed to be in the East. I think they're supposed to be in the West, <laughs> but because of Issues with COVID, they realigned them to the east for this year only, and then next year they will be back in the west. So it's a whole mess with that. As far as for a a non
4: Eastern conference team to be the Eastern Conference MLS Cup like member,
2: (laughs) yeah, right. So that that would not be ideal. That would be very odd. But even if they if they win it, at least then it's deserved. But yeah, if they don't play this game, what I've heard from everything that's been reported. The crew so far. The plan is to go ahead with the game on Sunday, but there is a contingency that they could move it back to. I believe the uh, I want to say the second of December, which mm-hmm. would be Tuesday. Um, no, that would be Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. So they still have room where they could move this game back a few days. Uh, Nashville was supposed to if they had played if they do play Sunday. That will be Nashville's third game in eight days. So to your point. You can play more than one game a week in soccer. It's not unheard of to play sometimes three games in a week, depending yeah. on how things work out. It's not It's not perfect, but they'll gladly take it as opposed to the alternative of not getting to play. So, yeah, the crew with six positive tests, the issue becomes how many of those will be starters. We don't know which players they are yet. They have kept that close to the vest. That has not been brought up. So even if what they is the
4: MLS's protocol? Like, so if the crew were able to get through it and play, how long would those players be out?
2: Um, I think that is based upon the fact that they would have to have uh, they'd have to go with the two positive tests or two negative tests in 24 hours to okay. get back. If there are no symptoms, if there are symptoms, then I think it adds time to the diagnosis. So, or to the uh, time you have to sit out. But if they can prove, like, if they have no symptoms and it turns out. Uh, they weren't getting – you know, maybe it it took a few days to set on for them and then they get two positive tests that show no, they're okay to go uh, sometimes starting like on Monday, then they'd be able to get back and play. But right now the issue becomes you're just – you're running out of time and it is a playoff game. So what sucks is that the same thing kind of has happened to LAFC and I don't feel bad for them. But their fans obviously would feel very frustrated by this. They were the best team, one of the best teams at MLS all year, and Mm -hmm. they lost four of their best players prior to their game against Seattle. Seattle was the team that knocked them out of the playoffs last year, despite being the best team at MLS. Seattle knocked them out of the playoffs this year as well. And so now, that's what what worries me with the crew, is I think they're the better team than Nashville. Looking at the matchups, I really like some of the things that the crew would have as an advantage, which... If you want to hear my breakdown of that, go listen to Bone and Beam United. We did a whole episode on, you know, what the crew's chances are in this game. You can go find that on iTunes or anywhere else you get podcasts, but just know, like, they match up really well with Nashville. I think it'd be good for them. They would win this game if everybody is at full strength. But mm-hmm. if you have well, some of your best players missing, that's what we don't know. Yeah. That's going to really be tough.
4: That would really stink, but you, the forfeit one is the one that I think would really cut deep. Like, uh, cause everybody's dealing with, Covid in that sense that like dealing with players out and everything that like you can kind of swallow that one the forfeit one just seems to be the opposite of what the point of a sports league is and like i said with like a high school sport i get it those schedules are dealing with so many other things but like these guys they play major league soccer so like make sure that you can get you you exhaust every possible outcome before you go to forfeit if that's what you're trying to do
2: well i'm hopeful mls will do that and not just I can't imagine them causing a team to forfeit, but if they did, it would be par for the course from age. The fact that they're in the wrong conference
4: is so weird to me. Like imagine if the like Tennessee Titans just had an NFC championship randomly.
2: Yeah. Well, very quickly, I will add that in 2008, when the crew won MLS cup, their opponent in the Western conference was the New York Red Bulls because (laughs) the way they seeded it back then was they took like the top four seeds from the East and the West. And then after that, it was just the next best teams. And, New York had a better record than some of the Western Conference teams, so they got placed in the West. So the crew beat the Western Conference opponent of New York, <laughs> which makes no sense, yeah. but that's what happened in that in that year's MLS Cup. So, yeah, it's it's always weird. All right, now it is time for Tool of the Week. 614-821-9710 is the phone number. You can tweet us your tools as well, at Man and Bone 971. Uh, the winner, though, of Tool of the Week... It's a $50 Rusty Bucket gift card, so that's a big prize there. 614-821-9710 is the phone number. Tool of the Week is next. It's Man and Bone on the fan. Fan traffic.
5: From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center.
3: Good evening. Still watching an accident on 670 Westbound at 4th Street. It is causing some slowdowns in that area. And a disabled vehicle on the ramp from 17th Avenue to 71 Northbound with o. Cruise on scene. Please be cautious. Plan on some heavy delays. This traffic report is sponsored by Fresh Time Market. It's no surprise that healthy living begins with what we eat. Stop by Fresh Time Market for heart-healthy Haas avocados, two for a dollar, now through December 1st. You can trust Fresh Time to bring you real food at real affordable prices. On the NRA with fan traffic.
1: Common Man and T-Bone's Tool of the Week.
3: Sponsored by the Lion's Den.
2: 614-821-9710 is the phone number, the uh, best tool of the week. We'll get a $50 Rusty Bucket gift card. Chops, you ready to go with some uh, tools? Let's hear them. All right. Uh, I'm actually going to start this off because this one, this one ticks me off quite a bit. You know, I enjoy craft beer, and I have... Uh, Long been a fan of like good sports tie ins with craft beer. I think like Land Grant here in Columbus, they do a good job with this. Like 97 won the beer. Yeah, that was, that was pretty fun. I enjoyed that. Um, but this, this, uh, brewery in Detroit has created a beer with the Detroit Lions, or so it seemed. The beer was called Same Old Lager. It's a, you know, reference to what a lot of lions fans say S- same old lions mm-hmm. you know you know maybe next year that kind of stuff so they they made a can and on the can they have a flat out picture of Barry Sanders digitized and made to look kind of like 8 bit but you can clearly tell it's a photo of Barry Sanders you can see the number 20 clear as okay. day it's on a football field it's 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 him in a lions uniform no question about it right Um, But technically, you can't see like the Lions logo. So Barry Sanders had to tweet this out and say, I have no affiliation with this company. They are using my image without my permission. Legal team is working to shut it down. I just that that's so stupid. Like people who would do that and take advantage of someone's like name, image, or likeness—that's not good. So uh those that beer company, who I won't give them the press, but that company in Detroit—they are my tools of the week. So that's that's an easy one for me right off the top.
4: But. Yeah, I don't mind it as much. Like if you're kind of more like going after the organization and like it's more like trademark stuff that you're trying to like skirt by. But yeah, when you're using some like somebody's actual person and face, that's a little too far.
2: Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Um, I didn't catch this one, but Corey said the ref from the Purdue Minnesota game who called a phantom offensive pass interference. Did you happen oh, to catch yeah. that
4: one? Yeah, I was watching that game. I was livid. Purdue won that game in my book. I don't care what anybody says because <laughs> he caught it. He caught he caught the ball. So like it's not like a going back and like well then this would have happened for sure. Like he caught the ball. It was a touchdown. Purdue took the lead. They
2: should have won. Yeah, yeah. I well, that's I have to go It back was not even
4: there. It wasn't even like a Oh, they were kind of playing with their hands. It's kind of a ticky-tacky call, but I I guess no, it was not there at all in the slightest. It was a terrible call.
2: Yeah, well, that's too bad. Dave tweeted in and said the Ravens, he said teams from Maryland love to screw up my football watching, which <laughs> That's right. We had Maryland help get the Ohio State game canceled and now the Ravens likely are not going to be able to play this game with the Steelers, at least not on Sunday. They're going to play it on Tuesday night is the latest plan. We'll see if that holds. Uh, but yeah, now that that tweet obviously has a little bit more of a different feel now because the Buckeyes are dealing with their own COVID issues, even yeah. though they're still going to play tomorrow against Illinois. Um, a little
4: bit of a difference. It seemed more like Maryland might have made the call on canceling the that's Ohio State game where the Ravens are sort of at mercy to what the NFL is trying to do.
2: Yeah. I mean I would I would argue if I were the Ravens, like I would be calling the league and saying, You don't want us playing right now. We're we're no, we we, this is too bad because they are not playing well right now and they are playing arguably one of the best teams in the league Mm -hmm. and they need this game. So if you can play it when you're at full strength, as opposed to your quarterback being on the COVID list, your running backs being on the COVID list. Like I am quite sure the Ravens would rather not play with all those guys missing actions. So uh, we we'll talked see. about this
4: earlier too. It is confusing for the NFL. Like what do you want to get all the games in or for a marquee divisional game to have all the best p- players playing?
2: Yeah, I, that's a, it's a solid question. I don't know the answer to it, but I would think they would want to have the best competition available if you can. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Roger here says uh, Jerry Jones for always defending his terrible coaches. And I don't know, did you guys, did you see Jerry Jones' comments today? He was defending Mike McCarthy because Jerry Jones is Mike McCarthy. Like he, he made this decision. That's his hire and he's not going to, you know, back off of it. But Mike McCarthy with that fake punt and, and going forward in his own half multiple times yesterday, did it cost him the game? No. It certainly broke it open a little bit more where it was yeah. a close game in the fourth quarter. Then suddenly it's a, you know, 20 point blowout all of a sudden out of nowhere. That, that I do think Mike McCarthy needs all the heat for that. He's not going to lose his job over it, obviously, but Jerry Jones shouldn't be jumping in to defend him and just say, yeah, it was a bad idea. He shouldn't have done it. The crazy
4: thing for McCarthy though is he was not the worst coach yesterday by a long shot. Matt Patricia has completely given up on the Lions. They <laughs> had no urgency. They're, I mean, yeah, it's down 16. It's a long shot, but like you can still score two touchdowns with two and a half minutes left or whatever it was. They had no urgency at the end of that game. They had just packed it in and said, it's Thanksgiving, we're, we're terrible, I don't care. It's, anyway.
2: It is. It's very interesting with him. It almost feels like he's made enough money coaching that he's just like, yeah, I know I'll eventually get a defensive coordinator job again. And I've made tens of millions of dollars over my career, so it's fine. I'm not a head coach. I'll just wait this out until they fire me. Is what it feels <laughs> yeah, like now. Just like,
4: going through the motions now. Yeah,
2: like he's not trying to purposely lose. But when it gets to a point where they look like they're going to lose, yeah, that's fine. I'm just, I'll just we'll lose this game, and I don't really care. And, and whatever happens, happens. It's kind of the attitude I'm getting there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ted, who do we have on the line? Uh, Sharon is with us. Sharon, you're on the fan. Go ahead, Sharon.
4: My
1: guys. Oh, yes! 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 We got it, baby! We got it!
3: Woo! (laughs) Love it. Okay, so I'm in need of a new car, so I do my research, and I look online, and I find a car that I like. So before I go to the dealership, which is 50 miles away from me in Marysville, I give them a call and say, hey, I would like to come and look at this car. And they said, come on up. I said, okay. I get there, drive 50. It's 50 minutes. The car is out on demo by a salesman. It's not there. Mm. So they are my tool of the week because I drove 50 miles there and then 50 miles home and didn't get to see the car I wanted to see.
2: I'm really sorry to hear that. If I had known you were coming up, though, I would have made sure that we had like a place for you at Benny's where you could have chilled out and just waited until they got your car ready. Because, I mean, this is my neck of the woods. I'm up here. So anytime you want to come back up to Marysville, let me know. We'll make sure that they roll out the red carpet for you because... I don't like people coming to Marysville and having a bad experience. I don't want that. That's not good. Yeah, that's no
4: good. That. You gotta you gotta have some better customer service than that. If somebody calls and asks for something specifically, you know, kind of keep it at the side until that person shows up. Otherwise, otherwise, what you're only as good as your word as a business owner. And if you that's don't right. have a good word, then what are you doing?
2: Yeah, spe- there's lots of car dealerships up this way. But like, what's really interesting? Before I moved up here, I didn't realize there used to be a Lamborghini dealership up here. Did you know that? Like, a lot of Lamborghini drivers in Marysville. <laughs> It was the it was the Lamborghini dealership in this region of the country. Why? And then I, it just was here. I don't I don't know exactly how the history. Well, the land was.
4: was probably cheap, and Lamborghini doesn't have a lot of throwing. No, around no. Money, they, so that makes sense.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Do you know the story behind Lamborghini? How they started? It was a no. customer, a customer who went to Enzo Ferrari and was like, "Build me a car." And Ferrari was like, "I'm not building that. I don't like that idea." And then he had complaints about some of his other Ferraris, and he's like, "Screw you!" And so I'm going to go build a, my own car, and he made Lamborghini. And he was a former, <laughs> formerly his business was building tractors. So like, Lamborghini still occasionally, I believe, still builds tractors, but their main focus is obviously not that anymore. It's building I wish these cars. every business
4: had that story. Like yeah, Burger it- King was like, "Build me this type of burger," McDonald's, and they were like, "No, so I'll go start my, own. I'll be the king of the burgers."
2: You just picture like, yeah, Mister Burger King, like, we'll call it the Whopper, and then you just Ray Crocs, like, get out of here. That's never going to work. And he's That's like, ridiculous. Screw you! I'm going to make it happen. Uh, let's go here. We got one more from a Fawn. This tweet. She said, the entire Bengals organization is my tool of the week. They drafted their franchise quarterback, a personal favorite of mine, all things Athens lover. He's the biggest supporter of Athens. They did nothing to protect him. He sustained a potential future-changing injury. This coming from a big Browns fan, I'm mad at the Bengals for them allowing their best player to get hurt when he's their best shot to beat my team for the next 10 years. The Bengals are definitely my tool of the week. And, yeah, they should have played him, but maybe they should have had a few more offensive linemen around him. I agree with you on that, Fawn, so... Yeah, yeah
4: it's if you're going to spend the money and you know, spend the number one overall pick on that, you it, it would be like I don't know, what what's like a good analogy for buying a car but not getting insurance for it or something like that? Something kind of <laughs> like that. like it's just, right, just yeah. do something to that. protect what are, what you're investing in because like yes, freak injuries happen in football, but they're more likely to happen when your quarterback is getting hit every other play it seems like.
2: Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, all right, Teddy, let's give the prize to Sharon for driving all that way up. Sorry I had the, uh, the tough day there, but don't worry. You get a $50 Rusty Bucket gift card. Thanks to everybody who participated. We'll take a break. And the gift break.
4: card won't be out on demo when no. we send it to you.
2: <laughs> no, we will We will make sure you get it, and then you can use it, and that'll be good. Uh, we'll come back. We'll uh, preview what's coming up on the Buckeye Show and get you the back page. All next. It's Man and Bone on the fan. <laughs> Fan traffic
5: from the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center.
3: Good evening. You'll find that earlier disabled vehicle has been cleared from the right burn of the ramp from 71 northbound to 17th Avenue. All lanes are now open in that area. But traffic is still slow as it recovers. Plan on some residual delays. This traffic report is sponsored by the Columbia Gas Home Energy Audit. Let Columbia Gas help you save money on your monthly energy bills with a free home energy audit. This free audit comes with a safety check of your natural gas furnace, testing for drafts and insulation, and more. Scheduled by December 31st at ColumbiaGasOhio.com slash home energy audit. I'm Leanna with Fan Traffic.
2: Final segment of the program. Chops has been in for Common Man all day, so Chops, appreciate you hanging out. It's been fun. I
4: appreciate you too. Um, it's not been the most fun show to break down everything, but it's been fun to do it with you, Tebow. No,
2: I, I yeah, I appreciate it, and you yeah, it's been fun breaking it down with you, even though it's been. Yeah, it's been crazy. The Ryan Day news, him, him not, uh, going with Ohio State tomorrow. He's got, uh, he's tested positive for COVID. So he will miss this week and next week, according yeah. to, uh, all the reporting. So that is definitely a big deal. You will hear more about that coming up on the Buckeye show, assuming we can get Timmy Hall connected. Cause currently, apparently that's the, the big story is <laughs> trying to make sure we can get him. Uh, he will be on with Eric Reeser. The two of them will, uh, break down all that and more coming up on the Buckeye show. By the way, this this just I know not many people this will probably appeal to, but Chops I'm going to bring it up anyway because it does appeal to me. Uh, right. I just saw this schedule released by the NBA for their preseason schedule. Um, that is Friday, December 11th, is when they are going to start back up with NBA preseason games. Okay, and I I like I am on one hand I'm very excited about that because I enjoy the NBA. I watch it maybe more so than than a lot of people. It's one of my favorite sports. I've always loved the NBA, and I will uh, always enjoy it, so I usually try to watch it whenever I can. But two weeks from now, we're going to have preseason NBA games. Meanwhile, the NHL, last week there was a story that they were thinking about opening up the CBA and discussing payment for this upcoming season. The last I've heard about anything is they may not be starting until February. These are two leagues that, I mean, the NHL finished up... Ahead of the NBA, as far as yeah, getting their a season week or over. Two, with. Yeah. yeah. And they, and they usually run on a similar schedule. They obviously both had a weird year this year, but the NBA is going to be back in like two weeks as far as preseason games starting up. Uh, Christmas Day or the 23rd, I think is when they actually start the regular season back up. So we're less than a month away from that, a couple weeks away from preseason. I don't know when we're going to get to see the jackets back on the ice. It just, it feels odd to me that the NBA is so quickly back up in, in close to action. And I have no idea what's going on with the Jackets and, or it, with the NHL. But in
4: hockey, I mean, their offseason, I think, is a little more important. The 82-game season for the NBA players and whatever it ended up being this year is grueling, but it's not the same type of thing that you have to get back into shape and form from, from an NHL season. So I think that's a huge factor in it. I think the NBA has much bigger discrepancies in what their money's going to look like if they don't deliver their products sooner. Than the NHL, that's you know, percentage wise, it could be similar. But the NBA, I mean, you're talking, to, you know, you lop off 20 percent, and that's like a billion dollars, right? So, yeah. and it the is. NHL doesn't make that kind of money. So, I think that's some factors in it. But yeah, I want the jackets back. The jackets it, will be back. It's at some point.
2: Yeah, it's still. It's just. It's just odd to me that like we don't even have a, a knowledgeable. Like we don't have anything we can work off saying yes. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not coming back yet, but we know January sixteenth. Here we go. Like this is start of hockey season. That's that's what's frustrating for me is just not having any idea when it's exactly going to start. We, we don't
4: even really know anything about camp. Like when they're aiming for any of that kind of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> right. it's all of yeah. a sudden the jackets are just going to be like they play Tuesday. I know, right? <laughs> be that's like, what, all right.
2: <laughs> it just that's what I'm saying is I feel like I know a ton about when the NBA is starting up, and and we have much less info on when the NHL is going to get going, and that is that is entirely frustrating. So they still have to figure out which divisions are going to play where. You know, I mean, they have to. They're yeah. going to have an all Canada division. It sounds like from all from all accounts. So yeah, there's there's lots to get to there as well, and uh well. <laughs> We'll try to get that sorted out as we watch every football game and figure out if COVID's going to happen or not to that football game we're wanting to watch. We'll also try to keep up with when the NHL's coming back eventually. All right, let's go to the back page.
1: The back page. The back page. page. With Common Man and T-Bone.
5: Sponsored by Care Heating and Cooling. When you need a company you can trust, call 1-800-COOLING. All
4: right, Chops, take it away. All right, T-Bone. T-Bone pinkies out chin up you know look very proper because we are talking about the national dog show claire done with the bachelorette moving off that she is with dale but she actually joined the dog show and claire the scottish deerhound has won top prize at the national dog show yesterday it's always after the macy's thanksgiving day parade uh, she was named best in show at the event which this year was scaled down slightly, uh, because of COVID nineteen. It featured just six hundred dogs. It usually has about two thousand. I didn't know it was that many. I don't know how they get through like I don't know what the process is, like how many end up you know, we you don't I don't think you see two thousand on TV, so I don't know normally how that process works, but good for Claire. She's the winner. I also wanted to point out this one, and I wanna I wanna preface it with I don't think making fun of anybody who's suffering, like from like a mental illness or anything, is anything to look down at or you know, sure, deride somebody for. But this lady just went on like a craze. She I don't know what was wrong with her, but she just started smashing bottles in an Aldi in the in the alcohol section, and it was like it was like five hundred bottles, and it was like over one hundred and thirty thousand dollars worth of alcoholic merchandise and she just kept throwing the bottles and pulling them off the shelf and like it's the the picture here and it's just i mean it's just a a floor littered with bottles um so i hope whoever that is you know finds the help they need and i think they even cut their hand because they were just around a bunch of broken glass but i didn't even know like i mean i guess when you start adding up how much a liquor bottle is worth beer bottles and stuff it just keeps going up but i mean man over 130 grand from that aldi
2: I don't think they do that on those like grocery shows where you can run around with a cart on a game show and and put as much money in your cart as possible in like 30 seconds. But if they ever do that or if you ever win a contest to go to a a grocery store and just. Whatever you can fit your car, that's what you get. There's a, go to the liquor department and just throw it all in there. Even if you don't drink, like you can sell it to someone out in the parking lot and make a lot of money off of it. There's an old
4: SNL sketch. I think it was Melissa McCarthy and she's on that. It's like, and they actually brought that show back with a former SNL cast member right now, supermarket sweep, but it's Melissa McCarthy running around and she like goes behind the deli and like takes the like, uh, industrial slicer and so like just all the stuff that like yeah is yeah really right. expensive but like not like real grocery store <laughs> stuff but she just keeps going around and that's she takes exactly like a it. like a big wax cheese wheel that's really more of a display but it's worth yeah. five
2: hundred dollars sure of course, that's what you got to do. We got to play the game. Got to try to win. Uh, Buckeyes will try to do that tomorrow against Illinois. They will try to play the game and try to win tomorrow at noon. Coverage starts at six thirty right here on the Fan. More coverage of Ohio State is next on the Buckeye Show. Thanks to Chops for coming on. We will see you guys on Monday. It's Man and Bone on the
5: Fan. Fan traffic from the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center.
3: Good evening. You'll find an earlier accident test cleared from the roadway of 670 Westbound at 4th Street. All lanes are open in that area, but traffic is still slow as it recovers. Plan about a five-minute delay. This traffic report is sponsored by EverStream, the business-only fiber network. At EverStream, the business-only fiber network, they believe business deserves better. EverStream's full-service approach to business connectivity delivers the speed and reliability that businesses demand. EverStream, faster fiber, better business. Have a great weekend, guys. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic.
0: Hey, Common Man here. I know what you're thinking. This guy again. But we have some special bonus stuff for you. Sponsored, of course, by our friends, Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING when you need a company you can trust.
1: One is angry. The other one is bald. What do you think I mean, bald? Bald! Bald, bald! Here's Man and Bone.
0: I want to point something out. All right? I, too... Would be bald if I don't if I didn't take these pills every yeah. single day. <laughs> I've been taking the Propecia pills or whatever the, the generic is called now. Yeah, for almost twenty years. It's called Amateur Pecia. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about it for a second. Good job. <laughs> and I'm so terrified that if I stop taking these pills, like my hair will just fall out in one day, all of it. Yeah. Well, it's funny because we were watching last night. I had the NBA games on
2: and uh, ESPN.